keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts, and more importantly, the roast of Hulk Hogan. I am your host, Dan St. Germain, and as always, I am with Comedy Central Roast Battle champion Mike Lawrence, Scott Chaplin, who's been featured on Comedy Central's Roast Battle, and Robert Karpolis, the man behind the WWE Creative-ish Twitter account, also a former writer for WWE and MLW. Also, got a second shot today. So if he's accidentally recorded saying the N-word, we'll blame it on that. How are you feeling, Robert? I'm feeling great. Uh, you know what? If, if there's any wrestler listening out here, this is the easiest thing you're ever going to stick in your arm. So uh, go out there and get the COVID <laughs> shot. You're, 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 it's not going to save you for WrestleMania, but uh, it's definitely worth it. <laughs> and we've got an all-star lineup today. we got three guests. All of them are amazing First one is a, is a dear, dear friend of mine. He's the star of Alone Together. We both wrote on Not Safe with Nikki Glaser, but more, most importantly, he's written for the roast to Alec Baldwin, Bruce Willis, Justin Bieber, and James Franco. Benji Aflalo, everybody. Benji, you are not a wrestling fan, but you do love big, dumb blondes from Florida. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, also, Alone Together is how 40... 5,000 people are going to watch WrestleMania on Sunday. <laughs> uh, alone together is how Marty Jannetty's going to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, next up, uh, he is the host, I repeat, the host of Comedy Central's Roast Battle. He's also been on Corporate Crashing. And I didn't know this, but NBA 2K, Brian Moses. Brian, thank you for uh, coming on. You can't see it because it's a podcast. Maybe you will when we release the jokes, but Brian right now is dressed like he, like, I guess, like, what Hogan, you said? Like, what, what's like the inspiration? South Hollywood Hogan. Like, like. South, South, Hollywood, <laughs> South Hollywood Hogan. And below Pico and La Brea, yeah. He looks he look, he look like he's dressed as a pallbearer at Faison Love's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We got to get Faison on the show. And coming in, coming come in, uh, uh, oh, quick, Brian, has the black community forgiven Hulk Hogan yet before we start this roast? Uh, listen, the guy wears do-rags, he, he does drugs, and he wants his, his white daughter to date a, a rich black guy. I think he's a black dad. <laughs> all right, well, all <laughs> right, all right. I, well, I think there's two types, like either you've forgiven him or you're still mad that he lied to Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Uh, and coming in a little later, you know him from his HBO and Comedy Central specials, Billions, and he's the host of Bonfire, uh, Dan Soder. But he'll be coming up once we uh, once we start uh, roasting. But before we uh, before we before we start, I want to get some business uh, out of the way first. Uh, next week, we're going to be roasting Shawn Michaels, and on this week's Patreon, we're going to be revealing our next 
four roasts after that. We'll also be roasting New Jack, which you can only, only subscribe to if you become a patron. It's $5 a month. You get a couple extra episodes a month and an extra roast a month. It's the best deal. We'll also be reviewing NXT's Stand and Deliver. Uh, if if you're not a patron, you got Teddy the roast of Teddy Hart there right now until he hears about us and murders us. And uh, I want to let let you in on a spoiler. After New Jack, our next Patreon roast will be Dave Fucking Meltzer, who has been in the news all over the IWC. Uh, we put we put him Billy Gunn, uh, I think Sherry and, and Doink and Doink in a in a poll and. Man, did Mel- Meltzer, it was a it was an absolute landslide. It was Ronald Reagan in 1984. Dave Meltzer uh, will uh, will be roasted on our Patreon. And also because we're about to uh, get real evil, if you want to do something good, donate to the Bullard Family Foundation. That is Titus O'Neill's charity. He does some legitimately amazing stuff, building community centers, stuff like that. I donated before the show. He's the absolute opposite of Hogan. And while we're on... The subject of Titus O'Neil. Let's get started with the 10 count. Number one is Titus O'Neil getting a Warrior Award for hosting with Hulk Hogan. What do you think, Scott? Uh, we'll start out with you, sir. Our, our, our first actual question is Was Dan reading from his computer or was he on cocaine? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just glad I didn't stumble. I just sweated profusely. Yeah. Good, Dan thinks Candy Crush tokens donate to uh, that fund he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I donated. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan delivers upcoming like show news, like like a, a, a furniture salesman that's going out of business. <laughs> like a furniture salesman being chased by a pack of dogs. <laughs> Everything must go as well as me. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got this love seat, this ottoman, and this fucking Rottweiler that won't stop chasing me. <laughs> you, you motherfuckers, go through the fucking patron announcements and the episode and all the business. Okay, I'm not. I'm not just a, an imagineer like you guys on this podcast. All right, I gotta, I gotta keep the trains on time. All right. I see you do it, and I don't want to carry that anxiety. So, thank you. <laughs> uh, but Scott, Scott, Scott uh, do you think he's getting this award for hosting? With Hulk Hogan, I think I think it coincides perfectly. I think there could be a, a, a nice sweet. Now, did he get it at the Hall of Fame ceremony yet? He did, yeah. And who gave it to him? Nobody. Uh, the uh, the Grand Wizard of South Carolina. <laughs> no, he's co-hosting with him on Sunday. Now they they did not have any inductors at all. It was just Jerry Lawler. You know, great person Jerry Lawler giving humanitarian, <laughs> dude, the, helping the, children. <laughs> if, you, if, if you haven't seen the Hall of, if you haven't seen the Hall of Fame, it looks like it was filmed in heaven. Like the way, like, like every single like wrestler that gets on stage is very blurry. It's it's real. Uh, it's real otherworldly. But uh, what, what's your take from this, Mike? Do you uh, are you going to be uncomfortable watching these two hosts together? And dear God, don't make Hogan say the word Snickers. A lot of bad stuff can happen. (laughs) (laughs) They are are, uh, sponsoring WrestleMania, just in case you guys know. Uh, Mike, Uh, how do you think this is going to turn out? I think this is going to be really awkward because, like, it's going to be, even without the racism, which, you know, is like a a preface you had to say for Hogan, (laughs) is that, like, (laughs) 
he just doesn't even like act like a normal human being. So Titus is going to have to play off not a person already. And then if he thinks of him as a person, he's thinking of a person that hates who he is as a person. So it's just a failure all around. This is going to be awkward as hell, but still better than the uh, Braun Strowman Shane McMahon match. Brian, is Mike being too harsh? No, I want to know. Has the wrestling community forgiven Hollywood Hogan, Terry? <laughs> no, I mean Hollywood? how how awkward this uh, this weekend is going to be with Hulk Hogan hosting with Titus O'Neil at WrestleMania. First, oh, it's be awesome. I don't think it's going to be awkward at all, actually. I mean, unless unless Titus wants to get weird about it, but I think for the most part, Hogan's trying to repair his image. He's going to be great. You know, I hope he throws a couple of N words out there just to spice it up. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, too, is that it's going to be so heavily scripted that the right. only natural thing will be if Titus looks uncomfortable because he's not going to be able to say he is. Well, my, my favorite thing is that this Warrior Award was given to sick kids every year, but they like like it's almost like the sick kids are like, yeah, you know, I'll give it to Titus this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, there's a cure for polio. There's no cure for Hulkamania. Um, no, Titus, Titus deserves it because he's been the butt of jokes for so long with them, and they drag him out to every one of these charity appearances. And it's going to be really uncomfortable when Hogan calls him Virgil like six times during the uh, during <laughs> WrestleMania. But uh, I, I think at, at the end of the day, this is them trying to put a, a, a good face on things. And it got hijacked because now everybody's pointing out that it should have gone to Shad Gaspard instead. And instead they're doing this, this PR stunt with Titus. So it kind of already backfired on them trying to do something nice. Yeah. And, and also if, if, if this was weird for Titus, it, he would have never had a job ever like, Hey Titus, yeah. can you work with a racist tonight? I mean, <laughs> all, all black people would not work if they were uncomfortable with working with racists. I don't well, think it's show an right issue now. at all. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, I said, Hi Brian. How are you doing? And I meant it. <laughs> uh, Benji, will you be watching WrestleMania this weekend? Has any of this piqued your interest? No. All right. Well, good to know. Good to know. You know, By the I was, way, uh, Benji loves baseball, so do not act like he's better than you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I, uh, I definitely do not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a possibility, and I really hope it doesn't happen, but there's no way they're going to fire Titus in May, right? Because <laughs> they've done that before where they, like, you know, they used the good brothers in WrestleMania, and then they fired him. I mean, Robert, is there any chance that he gets fired in May? It depends on like... if he grabs Hogan by the arm. And uh, <laughs> I, I, no, they, they they need him because now that Big Show's gone, no one's going to go to the Special Olympics and no one's going to go to read books to children in hospitals or whatever else they need to drag him out for. And then the rest of the year, he just sits in catering in a really nice suit. Also, That's... the good brother is how Hogan's going to refer to Titus throughout the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get to number two bright side of the ring this is where we put our legend over before we tear him down and i'll start out uh what do you what do you know right after this we're going to the rest of hulk hogan if, if you guys are new listeners to to the show we appreciate you tuning in but i'll start out uh hulk hogan you know i mean he's responsible for wrestlemania he is responsible for all my childhood moments, even when I wasn't a huge Hulk fan, you know, him against Ultimate Warrior. And I just rewatched the fight with him and Rock. And it's like, 
I mean, nobody can get that heat besides Hogan. Nobody. Uh, he's a guy that you can't keep heel because people just keep keep on loving him. And, uh, you know, he's done a couple things for charity. He's done the whole Make-A-Wish thing. So, you know, I'll throw him that bone. Um, uh, what, what do you think, Benji? You're, were you a fan of Hulk Hogan before uh, writing a couple jokes and roasting him? No, I just... I never really liked wrestling. I had older siblings, and so they would always just tell me that wrestling was fake. And so I didn't like it because then I thought that wasn't cool. But I remember liking the, the video games, the wrestling video games. Was not a Hulk fan. I didn't like dudes with tits growing up. <laughs> I'm, now you're willing old. to do podcasts with them, which is nice. <laughs> uh, or just like, like glam rock guys who are all like greased up and shirtless and buff. Like they would just scare me as a kid. <laughs> and uh, and I know that was like what was hot in the late 80s, but it just I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, Robert, you were a gigantic Hulk Hogan fan growing up. I was. I, you know, I was at the right age for Hogan being alongside, you know, Superman and Spider-Man as this is what you saw on TV. There was a cartoon. There was him against Andre the Giant, which was larger than life when you were really, really small. I had the Hogan toys that people would you know, they buy you the toys. So you don't really realize that he's a terrible human being. You just know he is this iconic comic book character. He's a cartoon that you can see in person. And when you're a small child, that is transcendent. And Hogan was transcendent because he was the first wrestler to go beyond just wrestling. You could go anywhere in the world and someone was going to know who Hulk Hogan was. He was that kind of an ambassador for the sport uh, or for the, the sports entertainment of it. But he constantly reinvented himself. His heel turn with the NWO essentially sparked the second wave of interest in pro wrestling. And for a guy who wasn't a very good wrestler, uh, he was incredibly charismatic and he forced you to to watch and see who he was. And it was an unavoidable pop culture figure. Does WWE exist without Hulk Hogan? Crazy. He kind of sounds like Donald Trump when you put him that way, Rob. Yeah, no, there, there's no way <laughs> WWE exists without without Hogan. Hogan and Vince were this weird, terrible, symbiotic relationship. And uh, he was Frankenstein's monster. And if Hogan stayed in AWA, he wouldn't have become Hogan. If Vince didn't have Hulk Hogan, wrestling would still be a weird, regional, carny thing that Benji wouldn't be scared of. Yeah. Um, I also just want to say I went to Jewish private school my entire childhood and like, Hulk Hogan was just goy overload. Like I'd never encountered anything <laughs> like that even close. <laughs> bra, bra, bra. But you would be so, you probably are so attracted to Brooke Hogan, his daughter. No. Um, I mean, oh, really? you profile me. Thank you. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about Benji actually. <laughs> I'm, I, no, of course not. Um, uh, trust me. I'll be racist later on, Brian. Just hold it for then. Um, but uh, Brian, were you a warrior or a Hogan guy when you were younger? That's a great, you know what, in, in the video games, I was a warrior guy. I just really liked his, his high-flying act, I think, for, like, uh, Nintendo. But I think it, 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 it's hard to deny, like, the Chicago Bulls, it was hard to deny Hulk Hogan. He was just, he was Americana. Yeah, man. He was, was that when you got into it? Because you're, you're, like, a little younger than me. But was, was that your era? Yeah, or did I think I get I, I I get in I think in the '80s my pops is really into it he's really into the uh, into Hogan uh, Macho Man like like the real big hey Andre the Giant those kind of guys and then I got back into it in the, uh, the mid to late '90s when uh, NWO uh, you know the Attitude Era all that stuff <laughs> this was my childhood right 
Is that Daryl Strawberry? Daryl Strawberry and Eric Davis also did a lot of drugs, but they weren't wrestlers. Yeah, that Mets book is apparently amazing. Also, uh, we know Benji's on the spectrum because he actually had to bring visual evidence on a listening, <laughs> uh, on a listening art form. Uh, Scott, were you, you Scott? You were never really a Hogan guy, right? By the way, no, baseball okay. just like wrestling in that steroids made both of them a lot better. Oh, that's great, <laughs> Scott. No, Hogan was never it, man. Uh, by the time I liked it, the shoot interviews were out. And he was he was a piece of shit. You know, I listened uh, to the guys that he buried, that he apparently held down. And I believed it for a long time. And now as an adult, I go, hey, man, you know, whatever. That's kind of more my opinion on Hogan. <laughs> so that's the most positive thing you could say is eh, whatever. Well, no, but undeniably, I go when I think of the 80s, I think of like the peak of pop culture mattering. And he is a huge part of that pop culture he is mtv he he is you, you know how they make like uh they make pop culture out to be his, like historically relevant even though we all know it's not right you're right it doesn't like it doesn't act, actually like affect anything but when you're a kid they go hulk hogan and that's why we have this peace treaty yeah the that's why the japanese hulk economy hogan. plummeted and you're yeah, like yeah. what <laughs> he's he's one of the last like uh delusions of 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 pop culture affecting history i think actually the deep thoughts that, from scott chaplin hey I think it's a, impressive yeah there I, I i agree with that uh zach were you ever a hogan guy i'm with scott on this one by the time i was watching wrestling everyone hated him so i hated him too uh and mike uh you're from florida would you ever hear hogan stories like just local stories <laughs> no because he's north he's north florida not not south florida but what's interesting to me when you're you know scott you're talking about pop culture and all that it's fascinating because what i kind of miss about you know that is my era i was born in 83 is that celebrity wasn't relatable it wasn't needy it wasn't desperate there were no hashtags or tiktok you had arnold schwarzenegger michael jackson hulk hogan cindy lopper like the weirder and the more fucking absurd the better celebrities did not look like people you would see on the street they looked fucking out there and hogan yeah. was that you know you and you kind of needed that to go national with wrestling because it's got to be said that Bob Backlund was champion two months before Hogan was. Then Backlund loses to the Iron Sheik, and then Hogan beats the Sheik. So that transition yeah. is insane. And, and I, I think Hogan, you know, people go, oh, is it Hogan that blew up wrestling? Is it Vince? Like, I think it's a country's decision to be real silly. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I think the country went, hey, let's be the silliest group of motherfuckers it, ever it, for like It's a country's decision to be really silly and Brian De Palma's decision to make Scarface and for America to say, let this be our personality for 10 fucking years. Like, like, cause wrestling is Scarface meets Wall Street and that's it. Like, and, and I will say to Robert's point, uh, Hogan was a great wrestler. Like, so if he didn't do a bunch of moves, who gives a shit? He made people buy tickets ah. every night for years and years and years when it was the biggest thing. So I think that Terry Balea sucks. Most of my jokes are about Terry Balea. Fuck that guy and his, uh, you know, four inch dick, but I'm a fan of Hulk Hogan and his 10 inch dick. 
Right, but and and that's the thing. Like, look at Mike. Lo- look at Mike justifying the 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 parts of Hogan he loves. But there is because there's the Hogan <laughs> character and there's the guy. It's like my my elderly Jewish grandparents only knew wrestling because they had heard of Hulk Hogan and saw him on NBC. Like, oh, Hulk Hogan, he was on the Tonight Show. Therefore, it validated me being a kid as a wrestling fan. I'm like, you've heard of the thing that I've heard of because everything wasn't just everywhere at all times, and it was inescapable. It was he was the only thing people knew about wrestling. And when you saw him, you just needed to see a picture of Hulk Hogan and you would completely understand everything there is about wrestling. He's the Jebediah Springfield of wrestling, like more myth than man. Hey, are you guys ready to roast the fuck out of Hulk Hogan? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who Jebediah Spring is. Yeah, from, yeah, from, from Simpsons, from the Simpsons. And then he, and it turns out that he's uh, a pirate murderer named Hans Sprungfeld. And, yeah. and uh, Lisa has to decide not to tell everybody because it'll ruin their morale and piss off Donald Sutherland. It's uh, it's I'm not even the top two uh, Simpsons fans on this podcast, clearly. Um, but w- are, are you guys ready to roast? Oh, I don't know why I did it that way. It's time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for the roast of Hulk Hogan. All right, I'll start this off. Here we go. Um, Hulk was every kid's hero, telling us to say their prayers, eat their vitamins and wear their seatbelts. Oh, sorry. That last part was from his son's defense. Uh, until hulk i thought suburban commando was how the fbi described chris jericho's wife (laughs) if it weren't for hogan dropping a leg in wrestling would just be something that leads the police to teddy hart hulk's not racist he just didn't want brooke to see a real 24 inch python Stevie Ray says Hogan is the blackest white guy he knows. But remember, he also worked at WCW. The easiest way for an African-American to go heel in WCW was to have a library card. Bill Watts thought Hidden Figures was a cautionary tale. Uh, Hulk turned down the Foreman grill for the Thunder Mixer, which is where I thought Eric Bischoff went to fuck DDP's wife. He created Pasta Mania, which sounds like an excuse Dino Bravo gives for beating his wife. (laughs) Hogan's Beach, Hogan's Steaks, Hogan's Energy Drink. I thought Hogan's Energy Drink was absorbing absorbing Billy Kidman's push so you could live for another thousand years. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite joke. Hulk was the Grand Marshal of the Fat Tuesday Parade, which is also what Nia Jax calls it when Reginald eats her ass. Uh, Hogan is not only hosting WrestleMania this year, but in in discussions to host the new ECW's One Night Stand Your Ground. Uh, Hulk's original finisher was going to be opening a Korean grocery in Compton. (laughs) Black people got rightfully annoyed when Hulk used the brother gimmick, sort of like when the French got angry at Joey Ryan for stealing Pepe Le Pew's. Hulk and Brooke. <laughs> Hulk and Brooke are the Ross and Rachel of Tampa. Comes crashing down and hurts inside isn't just Hulk's theme song, but what Brooke told the trauma counselor when he first circled her butthole. <laughs> Man, if you think watching that massage tape is creepy, you should try watching it after you come, guys. After you come. There was a literal court case to determine whether or not Hulk's penis is newsworthy. And after hours and hours of deliberation, the court determined that Randy Savage had nothing to worry about. 
the Hulk Hogan, the Hulk Hogan sex tape looks less like a sex tape and more like the evidence they used against SeaWorld and Blackfish. <laughs> I couldn't tell whether or not it was Hogan in the sex tape until she asked him to be on top and he said, that's not going to work for me, brother. The Hulk Hogan sex tape is a PSA against never-ending breadsticks at Olive Garden. Uh, my final joke. <laughs> Hulk, if the guy's name is Bubba the Love Sponge, assume he's not letting you fuck his wife for altruistic reasons. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge sounds like something a woman uses after the Rock and Roll Express comes inside her. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, folks. Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's move on to the host. What? I said good work. No, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, let's move on. He is uh, he was the host of Comedy Central. I don't know why I'm giving you your credits again. I think Ryan. they should all be pre-taped. You're like out of breath. You're sweating. I was worrying during your roast jokes that you wore yourself down. <laughs> he literally looks like Hogan at the end of a match right now. <laughs> at the beginning well, of it looks like Hemingway. Like, 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 you only five minutes. <laughs> you five minutes and you're already you. out of breath. Don't die. We love you. Guys, 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 I uh, I really need this podcast to go well. Uh, <laughs> it's been a rough it's year. Like, it's like Linda took everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, me, me and me and Hogan are the same spirit animal. Um, ladies and gentlemen, here's the host of Comedy Central Rose Battle. He's hilarious. Known from my time in LA. Great guy, funny. Brian Moses, everybody. Brian. Thank you, Dan. That is it. That is two paragraphs of credits that you've gone over the eight times. Uh, <laughs> I'm like fucking Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. <laughs> Let me tell well, you just fucking, How about you uh, do more shit, Brian? <laughs> just feels hey, good sir. to be the only black uh, guy on this podcast. I, and, and you could have asked anybody. Derek Gaines, that's probably it. Uh, to talk to us. <laughs> you don't have Ron Punch's number anymore, so it feels good. <laughs> and have Brian, we could have gotten 2013 Jermaine Fowler. Okay, we could have gotten. <laughs> okay, I could have gotten at least a voice message from Jermaine. I could have got. <laughs> we could have gotten pre-Oscar nominee Lucas Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't even DM those guys anymore right now. Uh, listen, I, I don't have many jokes, as many as Dan, because you know. Uh, I was watching uh, actual things in, in the 90s. Um, <laughs> I'll just say this. Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, he's he's like the Michael Jordan of wrestling because everybody knows about him just like people know about basketball because of Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, and he's like the Michael Jordan of wrestling in that uh, he'll say he doesn't take pictures of niggers either. Uh, he's that same person. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? I just want to say the N-word a bunch. I just want uh, Hulk Hogan's daughter. Hulk Hogan's daughter who? Hulk Hogan's daughter is not allowed to play black guys unless they're rich. Because Hulk Hogan's a real nigga and he taught all of black America that's real right now. He is the, he's the embodiment of, of cultural appropriation. I mean, we don't know too many guys who can fuck up that much and be like, hey, I was kind of raised that way. And everybody's like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And they just let him go like he's amigos. <laughs> Evidently, according to, or allegedly, according to the Ultimate War. Sorry. I'm doing like, I don't know. I'm doing like uh, Daily Show shit right now. Sorry. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's wife allegedly led uh, everyone in the 80s and 90s fuck Linda Hogan, according to the Ultimate Warrior. Linda Hogan has fucked more people than COVID has fucked the diabetic community. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I don't have too much more here that's going to make any relevant sense because there's not a lot of black characters in the WWE I was trying to uh, relate this to. Um, it was just a lot of stuff on Nightline about Hulk Hogan and how he said the N-word. And uh, you know what? I think he's right. If, if we're being honest here, you know, I'm not his illegitimate son. I'm wearing all this right now. I know you can't see me, podcasters, but I've got these glasses on. I've got a do-rag on. I'm here to defend Hulk Hogan by saying the N-word. He's, it's not a Kramer situation. The guy has only been a trash person because he's from Florida, and saying the N-word is regular to those people. And when we say those people, we mean it in the most derogatory way. Because that <laughs> is the word. So white power to Hulk Hogan. And I'll see you Sunday at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brian Moses. Everybody, Brian Moses. Next up. I didn't write with Benji on Monday. Sorry about that. Get him. Benji. What? It's because I didn't write with Benji on Monday. Sorry about that, Benji. Well, I think you just uh, transitioned to, uh, to our next roaster. I'm not going to give him an introduction because I've already given everybody seven. Benji, a follow, everyone. What's up? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Hulk Hogan goes by Mr. America, and that checks out because he's mentally ill, racist, and has a drug problem. <laughs> Hulk's seen more needles than the prop master for train spotting. <laughs> Hulk Hogan grew up in Florida, which gave him a step up in wrestling because his tits were already wet and greasy. <laughs> um, Rocky Balboa has a statue up at the Philadelphia Art Museum, and Hulk Hogan will have one in Tampa as soon as they get a museum. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's personal life has been a mess. He was caught on tape using the N-word. Pretty much he said that his daughter should only sleep with N-words who are rich. So he's racist unless the price is right. Just like a new SNL cast member deleting old tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Before wrestling when he was young, Hulk Hogan was scouted by the Yankees, but an injury ended his pitching career early. He threw a fastball, a curveball, and at black people. <laughs> uh, in the 70s, Hulk Hogan was in a rock and roll band that had a local following in Tampa Bay. As a point of reference, also popular in Tampa Bay, getting drunk and fucking your mother to death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the band's number one single was Officer, the Baby Hit Me First. Uh, <laughs> what a truly weird life Hulk Hogan has had. You'd think having a daughter that is a failed musician would be pretty embarrassing, but then you consider his son's NASCAR career. Then, <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's his sex tape. Surprisingly, Hulk Hogan's sex tape involves a woman and not a confused young man seeking advancement in the spray tan industry. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it, everybody. Oh, man, that was great. Thank you, Benji. <laughs> Next up, Mr. Mike Lawrence. Hulk Hogan is the one wrestler all your friends and family know, and the main reason they still laugh at you for being a fan. So many great opponents. Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. He wasn't at any of their funerals because he already buried them all in the ring. 
<laughs> Hogan has destroyed unions and put multiple companies out of business. He's like a Jeff Bezos that can't admit he's bald. Uh, <laughs> Hogan is a real American with a fake tan, a chemically enhanced body, and hair plugs. The only thing that's genuine is the piss he left on Macho Man's grave. <laughs> <laughs> and the cum that's still in Brutus the Barber Beefcake's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he got national acclaim in Rocky Three playing Thunderlips, which is what he thinks Mr. T's real name is. <laughs> He really puts the NWO in. Hey, it's that guy that said the N word. Uh, (laughs) Now, there's a lot of talk about Hogan being a racist, and it's you know totally overshadowed all of his fake accomplishments. But let's set the record straight. Fucking a guy named Bubba's wife and saying the N-word a few times doesn't make you racist. It just makes you any man that lives in Tampa, Florida. (laughs) How can Hogan be racist? Some of the best wrestlers he held back from success were black. (laughs) (laughs) All of his black wrestling friends sound like racial slurs. I hang out with those junkyard dogs and bad bad news browns all the time, dude. (laughs) If he was racist, would he have made No Holds Barred, a movie where he blinded Tiny Lister Jr. in his one working eye? Uh, oh. He's actually a big Kamala supporter. Uh, the wrestler, not Harris, obviously. <laughs> they had some great matches together and both had memorable leg drops. Uh, Hulk Hogan doesn't see color. That is, unless people are losing interest in his Sergeant Slaughter match. Then the blade's coming out, brother. <laughs> Hulk Hogan is the biggest pro wrestling star of all time, and yet in the WWE Hall of Fame, he's still the second most famous orange-skinned racist that wants to fuck his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) That's unfair. I shouldn't make jokes about Hogan wanting to bang Brooke. He got his son's murder charges dropped, so really he's happy getting either of his kids off. Oh, my God. He lies a lot. Says he turned down being a bassist for Metallica. If Metallica did have Hogan as a bass player, they would have never lost Cliff Burton. There's no way that Hulk Hogan would put that bus crash over. (laughs) The only time he's willing to take a real loss was in divorce court. Linda took everything. There was a few years when Hogan was so broke he couldn't rip his T-shirts because he couldn't afford to replace them. (laughs) there were years hogan was so broke he was willing to be on impact wrestling he went from taking rock bottoms at mania to hitting his on spike tv Uh, (laughs) but you know uh, seriously he's always had his faith hogan has always worn a crucifix around his neck because jesus is a huge inspiration to him what happened to jesus is basically the template for any hulk hogan match in the 80s Takes a beating. You think he's down for the count. Then he powers up and makes a comeback, dude. But on the other hand, there's no way Hogan's waiting three days to get out of that cross. (laughs) That's it for me. Uh, Mike Lawrence, everybody. That was awesome. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you know I'm from the WWE Creative-ish Twitter feed. Mr. Robert Karpolis, everyone. Mr. Robert Karpolis. Hulk Hogan was a megastar. During his career, more wrestlers laid down for him than Missy Hyatt, Sonny, and Pat Patterson. (laughs) 
Hulk Hogan has ripped open more shirts than an EMT and used more syringes than most doctors. <laughs> John Ritter had eight simple rules for dating his daughter, while Hogan only needed one. <laughs> Luthez said that Hogan didn't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wrist watch, while his son Nick didn't know the difference between the gas pedal and the brake. <laughs> the most disappointing thing about the Hogan sex tape is that it didn't end with a big boot and a leg drop. <laughs> Suburban Commando, Mr. Nanny, Santa with Muscles. Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. When it comes to films, it looks like the only, it looks like no is the only N-word Hogan can't say. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure Suburban Commando was the original name of the Capitol Rioters. <laughs> Hogan's a talented musician and claims that he once almost joined Metallica, though he secretly wanted to join Kiss just so he could wear blackface. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people are still surprised that Hogan can't admit that he's racist. It's 2021 and he won't admit that he's bald. <laughs> Plus, people have to remember, he isn't that racist when you realize he lives in Tampa. <laughs> A lot of beloved wrestlers from our childhood died in their 40s, which was sad. Though Hogan makes the case that them living would have probably been sadder. <laughs> But it's nice that Hogan made amends with the ultimate warrior before he died. I'd hate to imagine Hulk having no one to talk to when he goes to hell. <laughs> in, the, in the end, Hogan was big in the 80s. He became a WWE Hall of Famer, had a disastrous marriage, wildly untalented kids, started an embarrassing reality show, made racially insensitive remarks on camera, and has orange skin. So I look forward to him beating Joe Biden in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. Scotty Chaps. Scott All Chaplin, right. everyone. Scott Chaplin. Okay, Hulk Hogan happens when Dog the Bounty Hunter doesn't find God. Hulk <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Hulk Hogan looks like if Nick Hogan got the electric chair. <laughs> like if the Crypt Keeper fucked China. <laughs> he, he has the face of Cowardly Lion, the hips of Tin Man, and the opinions of the two guys who played them. <laughs> I'm assuming. Uh, Is that the Hulkster, or did Frankenstein's monster get into Richard Simmons' workout video? <laughs> What is Hulk Hogan's gimmick? Pimp who manages McDonald's? <laughs> Does this look like a four-piece to you, Hulk? <laughs> Hulk looks like Caitlyn. Hulk looks like Caitlyn Jenner going through a midlife crisis, like like slutty Caitlyn Jenner. I guess that's what I was going for. <laughs> This is weird, but uh, Hulk says he can't be racist because he identifies as a California raisin. <laughs> I think that was just for me, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> this also might uh, just be for me. Hogan in a suit looks like when the Flintstones go out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that was for me as well. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> 
Hulk Hogan is what happens when you don't provide birth control to circus staff. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan looks like if Stretch Armstrong was made out of nutsacks. <laughs> nutsack skin. <laughs> Uh, he named his daughter Brooke after Vince McMahon's favorite place to hide a body. <laughs> What's damaged more lives, Brooke hitting a note or Nick hitting a tree? Okay. Oh, Nick, Hulk made sure to use spray tan and still ended up with sun cancer. Sun cancer. That's what... Uh, saying the n-word is wrong. Uh, I, I do. I, I, I do believe that. That's my stance. <laughs> if you get anything from this podcast, that is my stance. Uh, but in Hogan's defense, George Foreman picked the grill. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Scott Chaplin, everybody. Scott Chaplin. Look, guys, I have, I have some disappointing news. Dan Soder can't be here, but I was able to get a Necronomicon. Open it up and find a way to get Macho Man Randy Savage's spirit from heaven to close out this roast. Macho Man, Macho Man, are you are you there? Yeah, oh yeah. Been sitting here laughing, thinking here, thinking, thinking, thinking about how all of you are making very good points about our good friend Terry. Yeah, don't be mistaken. <laughs> that's the man's real name. It's Terry, and that's who I'm here to talk to. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna roast Hulk Hogan. I'm not gonna take on Hogan knows best. No, I got a problem with my neighbor. Yeah, my neighbor <laughs> Terry in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you made an agreement, Terry. When you signed the line. Yeah, when you signed the line that bought you the home, you understood you were moving. <laughs> To a covenant community, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't respect it, uh -huh. First and foremost, you're a bad neighbor, yeah. <laughs> All hell, willy nilly, you never paid. You never bought the sea do gasoline. Yeah, it's a real big problem, uh -huh. Yeah. When you're cutting through the waves, you gotta have something cutting it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Another problem, yeah. Another problem I got, Terry, is you're letting your kids run around in my shrubs. Yeah. That's not why they're there. Yeah, spring comes around once a year, and I make sure my gardening is as well kept as Liz in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make it happen, you got to make it blossom. Yeah. But the final thing I'm going to bring up, Terry, is that you always let your limbs hang over yeah you always let your limbs touch the rope and now it's fine in the ring but it's not okay when it breaches over into my gazebo yeah you're causing problems oh macho man holy shit talk about a showcase of the immortals macho i know you gotta i know you gotta get back to heaven in a second here yeah. but uh what what happened you were now you were I believe you were um, one of the announcers at WrestleMania nine. You weren't on the card. What happened? Absolutely. I wasn't kissing enough ass. So they wouldn't put me in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. So what what happened in Tampa, though, before WrestleMania? Because I know there was something that happened. 
Yeah, well, I'm here to let you know that I have good reason to believe that Brutus the Barber Beefcake, yeah, when he smashed his face and gave Hogan that black eye, uh-huh, we're on my sea yeah, that's what <laughs> the mega powers, uh-huh. <laughs> Take a Kawasaki out there. You don't injure another man, and you don't take another man's title. Ain't that right, Bret Hart? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Bret's gonna love love it when he hears that. Um, Macho man, thank you so much. Uh, say hi to uh, Whitney Houston and Osama bin Laden. Um, yeah, bin Laden's a good, yeah, very good at shuffleboard. No one knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it. And, uh, and oh, Dan Soder will be coming. I thought Dan couldn't make it, but uh, Macho Man is out. But Mr. Dan Soder, thank you for joining us, sir. You, we had to give your spot to Macho Man. I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I just you, missed him. Yeah, we can't, we can't, you can't roast it. We already had Macho Man do it. There's oh, only, no. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, no, I just, <laughs> dude, I just now you know how wait. Sting feels every week on AEW. <laughs> 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 Sting's, Sting's new catchphrase is Do you validate? Just- <laughs> if you guys don't know this In, in Dan's uh, special He has one of the best bits about Hulk Hogan Ever, uh, which is, relates to Michael Jackson But you basically talk about how you'd let Hogan molest you Were You, oh. you were more of a Hogan than a warrior guy then 100% Dude, I the sec Jay and I, Big Jay and I watched the trailer for Michael Jackson's Leaving Neverland. No, it wasn't Michael Jackson's, it was HBO's Leaving Neverland. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watched, think he like, produced the, it. Like, Michael, you didn't really Michael do Michael Jackson's great masterpiece. <laughs> no. The Jackson estate feels like this really does justice. <laughs> they, they made Leaving Neverland. He, he made, come back to Neverland. It's safe. It's safe. <laughs> yeah. oh, don't worry, I child-proofed everything. I child-proofed uh, everything. Oh, uh, kids go on all the rest for free. Oh, but you know, I think everyone was always like with Michael Jackson, they're like, how the fuck did he just, how could you let Michael Jackson? And then I watched the leaving Neverland trailer and I was like, oh yeah, dude, Hulk Hogan could have fucked me so easy. He could have just, dude, if I would have been at like a fucking house show or a Saturday night main event, he would have like walked over and been like, hey brother, someone's going to come by and talk to you. And then just, you know, one of the guys, (laughs) Hulkster wants to see you backstage. I'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> a, and my mom would have been like, can you drive him home? And he's like, sure can, Trish. Thanks, sister. <laughs> then, you you would actually, you would let him molest you. And then you'd be like, can you marry my mom now? <laughs> yeah. Well, now you love my mom. Yeah. <laughs> now you can be my dad, right? <laughs> Hulkster taught me how to kick out of uncomfortable holes. <laughs> you're, with, you're with Mr. Step Nanny? Yeah. <laughs> I was dreaming. Dreaming for a oh. You know how bad I wanted a Hulk Hogan to land as an alien in my su- suburb? <laughs> well, uh, well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Benji, thank you so much for coming on. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Um, let's uh, let's go around and get these get these plugs going. Uh, Dan, what you got? Check out the bonfire Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. I'll be on it next week. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Brian Moses. Yeah, check out Alone Together. It's on Hulu right now. Um, <laughs> you can catch it on Hulu if you uh, have Hulu Premium or Plus. And Mr. Benji. Um, Roast Battle on Paramount Plus. Yeah, Paramount Plus is getting uh, getting all. Paramount Plus is a bunch of my uh, stand-up, but, and Mike's stand-up, too. And Scott, you're probably on there, too. It's like Yeah, anybody that... that anybody and in spite that of that, it's worth the money. 
<laughs> all right. We're all, ex- we're all excited about it and haven't asked how the residuals work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, that's still. right, Mike. We haven't. Uh, oh, I wonder why we're still poor. All right. Uh, all right. Um, Benji, Dan, and Brian, thank you guys so much. Thank you. So thank fun, you. Guys. Uh, we got to go talk to QT Marshall. Have a good one. Later, guys. Oh, that was great. That was great. Those guys. What a talented bunch of motherfuckers. And now hey, you're stuck with us. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm on yeah. Paramount Plus, but I'm living minus air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a whole other podcast. All right. Uh, if you're new to the show, we also uh, get into modern wrestling. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to review AEW Dynamite. What started out, Tangman Page versus Max Caster with Anthony Bowens, both of them of the acclaimed. Uh, Hangman Page uh, beats Max Caster despite a few botches from Ka- – this whole match, I kept thinking, Robert, about what you said about putting Hangman Page in the ring with people who were green. Like, like there were two times where I'm just like, man, I hope this guy doesn't get hurt. No but kidding. He- yeah, but I, I thought like, I mean, I look, I think that Max Caster definitely has something. I don't think that, but I, I just don't know if he's ready to be wrestling on TNT just yet. What, what did you think of this match, Robert? I mean, the problem is, is I, I, I like Max Caster. I like the, the gimmick that the acclaimed have. Yeah, the promo, the rap was, I thought was pretty he's, good. Yeah, he's got charisma. The problem is he's doing that John Cena shtick, which is going to turn him baby face when they want him to be a heel. The, the problem was he was definitely sloppy in the ring and they portrayed him number one as an AEW rookie but then they talk about how he's 31 years old and they talk about how he's the number three guy in the in the rankings but he's not a very good wrestler because he's constantly botching stuff they couldn't figure out what story they were telling was this a a rookie going against the number one contender was this the number three contender against the number one contender and they're like oh Max Caster's older than Adam Page but he's the more inexperienced guy it felt disjointed and I was a little nervous, but Adam Page, in spite of these botches, got a hell of a match out of him. So, you know what? I mean, it made it made Hangman look uh, look like a star, which is what he seems to do against pretty much anybody they put him in there with. Uh, Scott. Robert, Robert said it made him nervous. It's <laughs> 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 happening. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean... So I watched AEW along with NXT, which we will be uh, um, sorry to interrupt. We will be covering on pa- Patreon this Monday. We're going to be recording this weekend. Uh, fantastic show. So I can't wait to talk about it. We'll Scott, probably be sorry. mentioning it in our markout moments of the week. I'm See, I, didn't, I didn't even I, yeah. I didn't watch NXT because I knew we were reviewing it on Saturday and I didn't want it to taint talking about AEW because I wound up just oh, gushing man. about it. So I figured, you know, I'll watch it. it there's some Saturday. really good. There's some really good stuff on it. I'm, Scott, I'm excited sorry. for it. Scott. Yeah, yeah, there's something uh, I mean, obviously, NXT was to me really special last night. And so AEW felt less special. Um, This match wasn't necessarily one of those moments, though. I thought this match was good. I liked it. Uh, Let's uh, let's move on to the Death Triangle promo with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Mike, is Death Triangle a heel group or a face group? I don't know. I don't know what happened to angry Spanish announcer Alex. He was there. The last oh, time. that guy was awesome. Why did they get rid of him? No, he's not because I don't think Pac speaks uh, Spanish. So you still need someone to translate for Penta. I 
this is one of those things that annoys me about AEW where people just come and go and there's not, nothing mentioned about it. It's like, if I start to like something, show it to me. <laughs> like, that guy's cool. You should be there. <laughs> they will get a good match, though, those, those six men. I mean, my whole thing now is I think that there's, like, something – like 14 factions in AEW. It's, it's insane. It is there there aren't any And I love know, factions by the way. But when you think about like the height of Austin, even Ho- like Hogan would have friends and then they would turn on him every once in a while, but they were like themselves. You know, Undertaker would come out himself. Like he had the Ministry of Darkness, but they were their own entities and I don't feel like there's one upper mid card or even you know uh main event guy that is in this company anymore they all have friends so you know it's like i don't know if that's don't you true, don't man. you want wrestling I, I, fans to relate to them i i don't know about that i mean like i know look man i i know i still know that you know mjf is the star of the pinnacle i still know that chris jericho is this is the star of the inner circle i don't know i don't i just don't think it's it's that the 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 I don't think it's that severe, but I get what it's you're like, saying. But it's like because you can even have like alliances, but then they just sometimes they'll they'll run the wrong shit into the ground where it's like I don't need to see Darby with his dad Sting after their feud with Team Taz. Like that was a fun, cool one-off thing. They could have gone their separate ways and their separate feuds. And it's like, but now they have to be, you know, intertwined and shit like that. It's like, I will, and, and I will praise guys would be cooler being loners. And wait, but before Robert talks, I just want to say, Mike uh, likes AEW more than WWE. So get ready for the WWE reviews. Robert. <laughs> yes, I, I, I just want to say a, a positive thing they did in this segment was best friends came out. I didn't know why they were coming out, but then they showed that little clip of what happened and reminded me if you read comic books, when they would put the little asterisk when they're talking about something yeah. at the bottom, like from this issue. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea that these guys interacted before. Now I do, as opposed to having Shivani and Jr. Try to tell the story in, in over the course of a match. It immediately it was like, Oh, I get why these guys have an issue. But at the same time, it felt like, well, we don't know what best friends are going to do after the Miro thing. We don't know what death triangle is going to do until we can get past the, the young buck stuff that's going on. We'll just put them out there together. And Hey, remember that thing that happened like a year and a half ago, Let's revive that. So not a terrible idea. And I'm glad they informed the audience. Yeah, I just they just turned Death Triangle face and now they're heel. That, that's all. It's just a little big showy well, for me. Penna was baby face one week and then he was heel against Cody and then he was baby face again. So yeah, well, if you're a heel against Cody, you're you're, you're a baby face. Um, <laughs> and, and, and next up, uh, we have a segment backstage with me and Mike were debating earlier. Um it was uh, Urban Meyer, Meyer, uh, current Jacksonville Jaguar coach, Urban Meyer, uh, and uh, Michael Jackson, just uh, Michael Jackson, sorry, Mike Tyson. Michael. That would have been a hell of a segment. <laughs> Mike Tyson just <laughs> just, uh, just shooting the shit. Uh, you know, I think Urban Meyer is a huge star, and I'm not even a college football fan. Robert, you are. Uh, was this Did this matter to you? I hate Urban Meyer more than pretty much anybody after he turned heel on the Gators. Um, and uh, I, I was rooting for his heart disease. But uh, besides that, I think it was it was the best use of their celebrity because it's they own the Jaguars. Everybody immediately knows who Urban Meyer is. You see him talking to Mike Tyson. It's two icons of sports together having a conversation on yeah, he's AEW. Like, what is he, like the third best college coach of all time? Don't make me say nice things about Urban Meyer. I hate to say nice things about Hogan. This is a really <laughs> fucking rough day. But it was this was the this was again AEW using their resources properly. 
it was two huge sports icons sitting there having a conversation on AEW TV. Both about I, how embarrassing this is and how much Tony Khan's dad's paying them. <laughs> I had no idea who this was. I'm like, I'm pop. I'm very pop culture literate. I don't know much about sports. I know Bill Belichick. I know, you know, a couple coaches, uh, but I had no idea who this was. They didn't tell you who this was. And it was also, I mean, this kind of foreshadows later, but so Mike Tyson is advertised for the show. He's hanging out with Urban Meyer, who isn't even on the show. They're just backstage. Like, is Urban going to watch the show? Is he not? I don't fucking know. And then Tyson runs out later. Was he supposed to still have his own segment that he was advertised no. and gave that up to run out? Scott, any- I, Scott, I want to argue this, but do you want to argue this? Well, Mike critiques wrestling like like wrestlers like they're uh like they're vying to be his stepdad or something <laughs> no so that's like not he, true scott he, because he I've didn't tell me love- his name right away <laughs> and i think he's more interested in you than me of course he is your kid scott, Grow not, up. that is not true i've learned to love and accept some wrestlers <laughs> <laughs> mike warren's stepdad sounds like the worst ice cream flavor ever by the way Look, 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 hot shotting Tyson there because uh, you want to boost a rating, which both shows NXT and AEW uh, did not have good ratings, but ratings, I, ratings don't matter to me. But when that's why you clearly do it to try to boost a rating, uh, I do cringe, but I watched it. It's the best use of Tyson like ever you could ever do. And they're using him for next week's show perfectly. And now you're going to get more viewers for next week's show because of that type of appearance. It, I, I thought it was, it like was a stupid decision though, because the problem is, is that TNT supposedly had this edict that they don't want surprises on their show. They want things announced in advance, which is why they announced big show before big show came out. Had they not announced Tyson and Tyson did this surprise run-in thing, it would have been slightly more impactful. If Tyson was there for another reason earlier in the show, doesn't matter what the reason is, and then he comes out after it made sense. This felt like every time they bring Sting out for an interview, and Sting never has anything to say. It's like, well, why why was Tyson here otherwise? Well, here's where I disagree with you, Robert. I agree with you on the Sting thing, but I disagree... Um, the one thing that Tony Khan has said that I do like about AEW, I like a lot of things about AEW, but he's like, I want it to be as chaotic as, you know, the Nitro vibe. Like when Nitro, like, it's like, look, Nitro was never as good of a show as Raw, but the chaos like made you think that anything could happen. Yeah. So like when you see Urban Meyer and Tyson, you know, backstage, that's an example for me, a great chaos. When you have Sting come out and get interrupted for the hundredth time in a row, that, that's an example of, of pretty shady chaos. Well, let's get to that. And, yeah, and you're also bringing up chaos that lost the ratings war uh, because it, it lost to what was focused order where you had a top baby face that you kept pushing as a baby face against a main line heel authority figure, which AEW does WWE- not have. Dude, WWF, okay, in, in, in the late 90s, at its peak, at its best, was still 80% absolute dog shit that made no sense, that called you an idiot, and that, like, assaulted women. I don't disagree with, with that. Literal penises. So it's like, it's all shit. So well, I, know. I just don't get it. AEW's dope. Guys, but, but, all I uh, hope, here's what I really hope, is that what Tony Khan uh, doesn't take from Mike's opinion is that he should be a heel authority figure on TV. Cause Oh God, no, I, I disagree. That. Please I let that, that happen. 
Please let that happen. <laughs> Just for, you know, if I could will the QT Marshall push to be a real thing, I can make Tony Khan the heel authority figure. No, no, don't go on TV, Tony. I know he wants to. I know he wants to so bad. He has Tony, been. Save it for YouTube, brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, we have a, a Chris Jericho inner circle promo. They're they're all trying to. They're all starting to dress like the craft. The girls from the craft. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought the first half of this promo was very good. Uh, I thought the second half wasn't as good, but it, it wasn't by any means bad. Uh, what do you think of this, Scott? Um. Uh... I, I lo- okay, so the first, I watched it twice because people on the internet love this Jericho promo. And, and my issue with it was when, when guys become baby faces, their sense of humors become super childish. And Jericho was always kind of childish, but it's like all of a sudden you're going from being cool to being like, hey, M- the jerk store called. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, dude. I was just, I'm a big Seinfeld Max, so I was just maxing out when you were mentioning jerk store. <laughs> uh, Robert, what do you think of this promo? I, I, I thought it was pretty good. You? Well, I had sex with your wife. Sorry, that was the payoff to the Seinfeld joke. Um, I think the problem, the, the first part of this of it was great. It was the Jericho, you know, we made bad decisions, apologizing for Sturgis. I yeah, thought I thought was it was really... awesome. He owed apologize for Sturgis. <laughs> that was, was that it? It was just a yes. full-throated apology for yes. Sturgis. Yes, this is why I had the flat earthers and the anti-vaxxers on my podcast. It was all MJF's fault. Put also, I, I read the election returns. I was wrong about that, too. But then it was weird because it was like he's really Ripping on on MJF for stealing all of his stuff. And then it turned into Jericho doing his greatest hits, which felt like a Jericho impersonator. And you kind of saw the desperation a little bit of, I need to try to get this catchphrase over my jerk off friend. I need to get this over. I need to get this over. It was just, it was too much. It needed an editor to, to work. And, and I think the other problem with it is this should have been the only inner circle appearance for the night. And it would have been impactful and it would have been fine. I just think they they did this the other week. They do too much on every show. You have a lot of TV. You can stretch these things out. Next up, yeah. we have a uh, electric. Can I talk Mac- about this promo for a Yes, second? yes, Mike, please. And, and please uh, jump in if I'm skipping over anybody. All right. Yeah, Mike. I thought, I mean, this was entertaining in a vacuum. Um, I thought that this lacked, I didn't think it was as good as MJF's We Are the Pinnacle promo because there felt like more intensity. There were moments of intensity here, but yeah, I, I agree with Robert that there was too jokey at times, the, the chemistry stuff, this and that. I think when he was at his best was, I am better than you, like when it was focused. And then some of the stuff, you know, we, we roast every week, so we can judge the roast jokes here. You know, like I feel like he just heard his, you know, daughter listened to the Jonas brothers on Spotify on the way to the arena. <laughs> Some of the jokes were like, well, that's okay. You know, Paul Roma, like that was, you know, it's, it's, that's pretty funny. I thought Paul Roma was funny. Yeah. Um, was he, what did he say about Sean Spears? Like, I don't care about you at all. It was like the most, it was like, why well, have a blonde Mohawk? You look stupid. And then, Hey, remember when you got fired from the WWE years ago and you called me to find out what to do? Like, it, he kind of came off like as, as a dick, like don't be friends with Jericho in real life because that's what I, and I will say this. One of the things MJF is legitimately insecure about is his spray tan. Uh, Pritchard used to rip on it 
uh, to him when he was in MLW and it would piss him off to no end. He's like, this is the best it can look. Leave me alone. So Jericho legitimately picking on him was funny, but you needed to know that that's an actual thing that was going to piss Max off. I thought that worked. I thought that was funny. I thought that was one of the better things. I, I just think his run on MJF itself, like, you know what it was? This felt like a great one-on-one feud promo. It didn't feel like the best inner circle versus pinnacle promo, but they have time for that. And ultimately, you know, what this is leading to, blood and guts, I am excited for more than almost anything else on the show. I also think the inner circle are still kind of bad guys. I just think Jericho didn't really execute it well. But um, there's a moment where he goes like uh... – Oh, what does this asshole say? I totally, I'm, I'm totally forgetting. Oh, he goes like, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting. Continue, continue, I'll catch it. I think they are baby faces though, because I think Santana and Ortiz are gonna get over as the as the top tag team that they have, and the audience is going to love them. Well, I hopefully think- they beat the Bucks, who are now here. That's what he says. He so when he apologized, so when Jericho apologized, I caught it, but he said it so poorly. When he apologized, he said, you know, I know in the past. We did some bad things, but that was MJF's fault. And it's like, he's only apologizing for when the group was bad during MJF, even though the group was bad before that. So there's some humor in that that was just lost a little. But it was in the words. Backstage, we have Christian. Um, they were talking, he brought up his Frankie. Did, is this, did I listen to this wrong? Did he bring up the internet liking Frankie Kazarian's performance more than his in that match? Or did yep. I miss? Oh, no, he, he definitely said it because his whole thing was. Why would you do I, that? He goes, because his whole thing is I make wrestlers level up. Like this was the backstage but argument. Then completely... to Vin- no, no, no. But this but was what... something that you say to Vince McMahon as to why you deserve a contract, not something you go on TV to get people to cheer yeah, but you. Then, but what I'm trying to say is why would you bring up? Why would you be like, I get I let make people level up like I do all this. I'm the new, you know, Sam. But then you're just saying like, well, this guy kind of carried me. <laughs> like That's like what he was kind of saying. Right. This but, is, but also, this is guys. Why would you put this after Jericho? (laughs) I would not put this on the same show as that promo. That's the thing. I think a lot of the people that tweeted how great that Jericho promo was did it after they watched the Christian one. Because Jericho has done better promos than that Jericho promo, but it was still bajillion times better than this. (laughs) Scott, what did you say about Christian's promos? It sounds like he's like reading a poem. Like he focuses his <laughs> eyes like kind of to the ground and points his hands like he like he's rhyming, but nothing really rhymes. So <laughs> I'm gonna tell a quick oh, I'm gonna tell a quick story on this because I'm not doing my my creativist thing this week. Or, or, okay. When I was there, we did a uh, right before I was leaving, we got the again WWE Robert, former WWE writer. Former yes, thank you. Uh, anyway, when we had WWE twenty four seven going into Canada, we needed to film a uh, a little like infomercial that was just there in Canada. So we had Christian do the reading in the back, and it was that squinty eye with the hands. And then as soon as I finished cutting the entire thing, he left for TNA and we had to redo it. So we gave the script to Edge and it was the same words, but the delivery that Edge gave was about a hundred times better than Christian. And he came across as a star, even though we didn't change a word of it. He didn't change it. It was just his delivery, his presence. When you put the two of them against each other, it's not fair. And to Mike's point, trying to compare Christian to Jericho is only going to make Christian look worse unless the idea is turn him into a heel because if they're trying to turn him into a shitty heel, they're doing an amazing job. Air country. Oh, and it's also, oh, sorry. I was going to say, you noticed that 
I think it's on purpose that he's doing backstage promos. I think it's smart. It protects him more because I think that his stuff would look even worse in front of a crowd. And also, Dan, I, I suggested this. I, I think for merch, we should have out talk no one shirts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either that or the QTNN bumper stickers. Uh, Bear Country versus Jurassic Express. This match was there. Um, Look, I, I think I, I don't know. I, I don't know why you booked this match. Just because for me, like Bear Country and Jurassic Express are like fun things that the kids can get behind. Like you can buy their you can buy their toys. You know they should be on the same Survivor Series team, not against each other. But that's why they um, did but, this. And no. the one thing that was good about this, I will I will say something else to praise them real quick, and that's all I'm gonna say about this match. They needed to do a promo to tie in the Godzilla versus King Kong movie, and that's why they booked this because it was just huge guys against huge guys. So as far as corporate synergy goes, totally fine. As far as a match goes, I fast forwarded through most of it. Ugh, corporate synergy makes me want to fucking kill myself. That phrase. Here, here, here's what annoyed me about this match. This match should have happened on a soundstage in a miniature city where they're pushing oh, each other been, into like small oh, buildings and awesome. shit. If you're going to fucking do Godzilla Kong, then fucking do Godzilla Kong. Don't just... What, what did this have to do with the movie? Nothing. Like, it was fine, but also, my big problem with the show this week, in I know we're not doing NXT versus AEW, but I watch both, so I'll, I'll say this. With the best, and, you know, TakeOver is a special event, but there is something taken away from wrestling when you pretty much know who's going to win. And I think most of the matches tonight were such foregone conclusions. Like, you know, Paige and Caster was fine, but when there's no suspense of who's going to win, it just makes it a Aww. lot less enjoyable. Like part of like the magic of like something like Walter and Ciampa, which is no, fucking great, is example. that either Walter guy will win. can win. And so you're going into it excited. I don't feel Scott, that way. Why, Scott, why did you say wrong? <laughs> good counterpoint um <laughs> i will but they say really the, made the, you believe Chapa could though for the page caster match i will give them credit because the story they were trying to tell is adam page is the, is the number one contender unless he loses and because max caster had the other guy out there with the boom box it made you think oh are they going to screw page over so that page has to keep fighting to get back up to the top since it's clear that they're not immediately going to page omega uh, Kenny Omega still has another story to be told. So I thought that was where they were going. So that one kind of surprised me. But yeah, Jurassic Express beating uh, Bear Country was a pretty foregone conclusion. Uh, next up, we have the QT Marshall backstage fire promo. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of our, uh, uh, our friends of the show and listener, Andy Starr, who said, so based on the promo, are we going with Nightmare to Watch Factory? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is pretty good. Um, I'm going to say something positive before I get into uh, the, uh, the 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 can of paint uh, heard around the world. Or uh, oh, uh, um, before I get to that, um, I'm going to say this guy Agogo is legit and could be, if he is fucking decent. If he's okay in the ring, that guy can talk. He's got a great look. He is money for them. Uh, so. I was excited about that. Uh, all right. What did you think about this, Mike? 
I I didn't understand a third of what he was saying. I'm like, can Alex uh, Alex the translator come out for a go go? Oh <laughs> come on, you can understand him. Have you never I, seen I a Guy not. Ritchie movie? A quarter have, but not what you might. Um, I thought it was. I mean, look, they are they are trying with 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 the baby beluga himself, QT Marshall, <laughs> and it is not fucking working. It's just. And, and the way that those three guys, it's just, I, it is, it's really sad. <laughs> it, I, I hope that it ends soon. It, it will not. I think the nightmare will continue. And yeah, the paint throw was hilarious because he knew they only had one take <laughs> for totally it. totally missed the fucking skeleton. <laughs> it's, it's also, what's, what's funny is that it's Dude, just hey, like Can I just interrupt you for a second? There's nothing yeah. worse than a big guy just like dropping things it is the most embarrassing fucking thing in the world (laughs) but it's also what was was (laughs) yeah i mean yeah he had the same coordination and look of bruiser brody in the shower but uh, (laughs) what was amazing about it was that like because the logo is nightmare factory and it's like the cody logo with the apple in his mouth i think the paint mostly hit the apple and mostly hit the qt part of the sign <laughs> yeah this was terrible um but i think we're gonna get more of it and i will eventually want to just stop watching dynamite entirely this was my this was my favorite part of the show i look forward to qt marshall now it's like this it's it's becoming this thing where i have like stockholm syndrome myself where I'm like, I got genuinely excited. I was like, oh, thank God it's the QT segment after watching that Bear Country match. I realized QT Marcel, when he's talking, sounds like if you're having a conversation with Tommy Dreamer, like that's Dreamer's conversational voice, but that's <laughs> QT's fired up voice. And he can't talk at all, but he had my favorite line of the year. This needs to be a t-shirt, which was, this is the QT fucking factory. And that's and what I, <laughs> and which made me wonder, like, is that a sh- like? I want his wife to get that shirt because she's the QT not getting fucked factory. But I like that he had to like the damn. I'm gonna be a bad guy. I'm gonna curse. But they're gonna point out that the other guy's solo. It's like you're gonna be known as not just the guy who was engaged to Bailey, which is such a weird insidery thing. Like most of the audience doesn't know that that guy was was fucking Bailey. Uh, the, the, yeah, but the the boxer guy does seem like he's a legitimate star. But when he's like, I was in Subway commercials and now I'm at the Nightmare Factory, like he's he's fallen from grace worse than Jared. So this was this was rough. But QT Marshall is going to take over the show. He's the number one heel in the company. And QT and on is a real thing. It's a groundswell and we're taking over. Yeah, I got so grossed out thinking about QT working at a fuck factory the whole time. I was like, what is, is he the foreman of the fuck factory? What's he's, going he's on? Giving you, he's giving you pointers. It, it, it fits the QT and on theory. <laughs> All right. Um, Scott, anything to add before we move on? No, I'm, dude, the paint thing was really rough. I wish... <laughs> I wish they added something after. I mean, because it was pre tape. I wish they added like a, okay, let's clean this up before Cody gets here. Let's get the fuck out of here. You know, like, like QT should like like QT should have scenes where like where like he turns the lights off of the Nightmare Factory and then runs up the steps real quick. Also, how did they not? How did they but, not but see Raw? The hose and the hose is flying around. And he's like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it should be like a little rabbit. <laughs> How do you do this segment when you saw on Raw with Miz and Morrison with the Bugatti and the paint, which got 
really, I mean, great national play all over social media. And then you do a paint segment that's like 10 times worse on a pre-tape and you still let it air. <laughs> it's not like this was live. <laughs> Somebody had to approve this. And like Jess Palumbo or I shouldn't use real name. Sorry. The producer who did this segment and Tony Khan saw us like, this is great. Let's put this uh, on the air. Jess is great. You, oh, I, I love also, Jess. Also, QT yeah. saying vanilla midget. It's insidery, bro. It's edgy. That was weird. No, but him saying it, and then like he's got three guys next to him that aren't impress, Im- like that impressive. Well, go go looks pretty good. I mean, maybe I just have a crush on him, but no, I thought I thought I thought a go go was awesome. I actually liked the subway thing. Yeah, and he, it's weird. I I hate um I hate corporate sponsor things, but when wrestlers say it, I go like, ooh, they're getting their money. Or yeah, something. yeah, no, it, and and I will say like QT Marshall saying vanilla midget like. Look, you're not a midget, QT, but you are for sure vanilla. You are as vanilla. You're like the. You're not even vanilla. You're like you're like the mashed potatoes that Richard Dreyfus makes the sculpture out of in Close Encounters <laughs> of the Third Kind. Like that's your body type. Just here's, here's yeah, what I think that, yeah. Happen. You could get into a midget part. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna get a, a interpromotional feud. The forbidden door is gonna be flung open, and it's gonna be Subway's a go go versus Jimmy John's is Lesnar in a sub mission match. Uh, Ooh. Uh, next up, <laughs> I'm just running over that one for whatever because I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of a Quiznos pun. Guys, right. I, I I wrote that joke this way that dude threw the paint. Mike had too good of a roast set, so he's like, yeah, all right, we'll see, we'll see how I can take this back. Uh, Sting, uh, Sting uh, came out on stage w- w- to talk to Tony Schiavone again. Uh, you know, again, it's like he opens his mouth and the mystique is lost. And I love, I really like Sting, but um, the most mystique is well, a little bit. But we do, get, we do get like. Maybe the worst Jake the Snake Roberts promo I've ever heard. This was great, man. Let me tell you something, how much I love Jake the Snake. He was like the first wrestling action figure that I ever bought. Uh, his promos in the classic golden era are phenomenal. They they should be taught in Matt Jackson's promo class. They're tremendous promos. But but somehow, I guess, like... They should be taught to Matt Jackson in promo class. <laughs> but, but somehow, man, somehow, like... I don't know what happened. It just turned into him calling Darby Allen a gerbil, which like the, the guy doesn't even look like a gerbil. Well, he I don't know. Like, Might be too hard. Like, he literally said like your gerbil looking thing. Doesn't he look like a gerbil? Like he said the same thing twice. <laughs> he was he's definitely mallow, you know, wallowing in the muck of alcohol. Maybe they need to get him to start drinking. Sober Jake Roberts. It works for Jake. Maybe it'll work for me. Fuck it. I've been in rehab three times. All right. Another mind. Robert? Yeah, I I don't need sober Jake Roberts if this is what I'm going to get. Give him a line. Let him go out there. And let's see what he can really do. Sting did have one good moment when Archer came out there. And he literally just goes like, Jake, tell him how to do it. Tell him how to get over, essentially. And I was like, that kind of made sense. But then he said it again. And then Archer kept saying Sting at the beginning of every sentence, which was very strange, as if he was reading a script. He's like, Sting, I'm here to say this. I, I thought this Sting. was a much was an improvement, though. I mean, I thought it this was. was one of the better Archer promos. Which... But then it was a weird thing where he's angry. He's like, why was I off TV? Which, again, is a very like that's that's a 
backstage producer argument, not a on-camera wrestler thing. It's like it's you very know, I Vince Russo esque. Yeah. I was against. I was yeah. I was up against uh, Moxley, and then I was off TV. Why? And things like yeah, that's right. Why weren't you on TV? How was that a wrestling feud? That's a Tony Khan can't write TV feud. <laughs> well, here's the here's the problem too is that. He was, he's been like this the whole time, right? They're denying me. I deserve my shot. So they gave him multiple shots and he lost them all. He lost every match. They gave him that. So they didn't duck him. More like murder, squawk, 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 monster. Am I right? (laughs) All right, I'll be hanging myself after this. Also, Vince Vince would have uh, hung himself on the moment where Jake Roberts draped his arms around Archer to make him look like he was five feet tall as opposed to a monster. Jake Roberts needs to stand like where your your knees are bent and you're to the angle as opposed to looking like yeah yeah yeah. Robert tell Jake to hold any physical position and see what happens he'll start leaking Robert here's what they need to do just whisper in Jake's ears pretend he's one of your kids and then he'll distance himself (laughs) 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 oh man Scott are we being too harsh here uh in this in this instance no it 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 was it felt like prisoners put on a play. Like, <laughs> here's like Jake was like, this is a love story. Can I, can I say one last thing about this segment? Yeah, this is the most meta thing, right? So they mentioned that you know, Singh mentions that insanity is doing the same thing every time and expecting different results. Um, we had a trios match with Kenny Omega. <laughs> And the Good Brothers. We had a women's match at 9.25 p.m. We had Darby versus yeah. Jabroni again. Had, and Christian not like, getting over with a promo. So, yeah. And and you know what the different results are? The ratings are plummeting. Like You keep doing the same type of fucking show and expecting it to get better. And you're using celebrities who are 50 plus. Like you're, they keep making these same mistakes and then they call it out in this promo. Like they, they wink to the fact that like, you know what? Sting has been out here 18 fucking times and hasn't been able to talk. Like if he really wants to say something, why doesn't he just make a video package? Yeah, but dude, then he says something and you go, I, that's Sting? I was never told that that was Sting's, he cuts a promo like Joe Biden dudes. There's yeah. a reason why Sting was most over when he didn't talk for a year. Dude, he was literally he's like, you you should be on top and you where you don't you don't want to be in the middle. It's the bottom. It's the top of the ladder is where you should be. Where's the title for you, Lance? Like it was so fucking <laughs> it was, shit. That is the Biden kids. Yes. Biden's you know speeches. It's like he's discovering the points of his speeches when he's giving them. It's like, yeah, that's I wanted that. That's that's why I said that line. Well, because he's still like once you see Joker Sting, you see that voice in all of his other incarnations, and it's hard to like where he's like, I'm crazy. Hey, Tony, yeah. <laughs> tell me about Bluetooth, buddy. <laughs> all right, we, yeah. we gotta push through a little bit. We have a backstage uh segment with Team Taz. Uh next up we have Darby versus JD Drake. Oh god. Um, with Caesar Banani and Ryan Nemeth, the Hollywood uh, bad boy, I believe. Uh, we Darby- will not make fun of JD Drake because he looks like 
probably anyone listening to this show. <laughs> he looks exactly like Sean Donnelly. It's crazy. Uh, comedian <laughs> Sean Donnelly. Um, but pre-weight loss. Sean's a lot of loss. Lost a lot of weight. But I, look, man, I will say this. Like, Darby is so fucking talented. He carried this guy to a good match. And, I mean, I think this – JD's not bad. He's, not, he's, he's not bad. He's not bad, but he doesn't have, like – like he's just not like a star, you know but, what I mean? Like but let me hold on. But let me ask. I don't want him to sit on my face. Let me ask this question though. Oh. Let me ask this question though, because they've done this now like several weeks in a row, where they put an established guy against a young guy or to make him look good. When you see a guy like JD Drake, there is no money in JD Drake. You are not going to build your company around him. You're not going to build him up. There was no reason to give him a 12-minute match against Darby Allen to get to a post-match beatdown. If you needed a guy to put in there to make Darby look good, you have Christopher Daniels sitting in the back who has nothing to do, and this was an open challenge, and it could have been, you know what? Frankie got his moment last week. I want my moment this week. They have a great match that highlights how talented Darby Allen is versus Darby Allen can handle the third guy from Bear Country. J.D. Drake doesn't need TV time. His little, you know, AEW dark stable doesn't need real TV time, let alone a two-segment match. They announced uh, that Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen will be next week. I really hope they don't put the title on Matt Hardy. Uh, we have a Chris Jericho segment backstage, which is interrupted by the Pinnacle. He is then saved by Mike Tyson. I thought this was a, was a, was a cool, you know, this was a, look, I, I, I think Scott's right. Like, because it didn't deliver a rating, it's like, it didn't work, but you know, I mean, look, it, you, you know, they, they clearly had to, I guess, patch over the fact that we were supposed to have a Tyson Jericho match at some point. Uh, and I thought they yeah, did, a, the, did a fine job of it. So. Yeah. On the same episode where they have the best friends, bringing up matches from a year ago you're supposed to just like forget like so what happened and why did why did mike tyson have all these mma guys and an actor named mickey gooch like it just none of it makes sense like they what they need to do is tell the celebrities what to do and as opposed to it makes it seem like you know what we'll fit you in when you're available we'll do what you want we'll bring out who you want it's like no you're the company so you present them how you want. Yeah, but how did they not do that this time? I know the last time was a mess, but this time, what? what's the... Because there's there was no way. I thought this was good. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was good. So well, why, was why was Tyson... Why I was don't Tyson... think... I mean, I don't think that they should have brought Tyson for this episode, but I think, but I do think that it, how they used him was good. That's what I'm well, trying to Mike, say. Mike, my, my guess is that Tyson was there because he was going to be part of Sting's promo, but then he Sting got interrupted, so they never got to the big announcement. But uh, what was great is we finally confirmed that Sean Spears is the sacrificial schmuck of this group because they let Tyson punch him. And when Tyson threw bad working punches, he started throwing some real punches because they don't really care if something happens to Sean Spears. (laughs) That part was great. (laughs) Britt Baker uh, cut a fantastic promo, but she may be healing herself into becoming a baby face. That's the entire time I, I was watching this promo. I'm like, yeah, she's just being right and truthful and i agree <laughs> but this, this was another promo where they don't put me on tv enough i guess i'll go on youtube and get wins it's just i don't i don't want this like i don't you know they they expect you to know who bear country and jd drake is because of the youtube show and they expect you to like keep up with the wins and, and losses from youtube it's it's going to be work watching this show and it's not as but, enjoyable. But, but also, like, YouTube is television. Like, the dream is over. Everything's the same. 
No, it's nothing not, Scott. matters. It's not Scott. Comics release their specials on YouTube and it, everything is empty. And right, I mean, I'd, I'd rather watch a comic give but, but, that, but you're saying 600,000 like viewers is the same as 70,000 viewers, right? Because like that's what Elevation's been getting. I'm saying nobody retains it for more than a, a half hour after they consume it, no matter where they watch. Right, but Scott, you're implying that someone's when they go on YouTube, they're going to remember to go look up AEW Dark, you know, Elevation versus you go on YouTube and there's a more interesting video that's sitting right there. It could be a Dan Soder uh, bit. I'm trying to fucking plug the idiot that the people that were on before. Trust but, uh, me, could, he, he uh, just yeah. did us a favor, he, buddy. He needed, he needed, our, <laughs> yeah. no, he needed the rub that we only. Really, yeah, I don't think him. he needed it. <laughs> that. That was a. I'm I'm doing something else with Dan. Let me help him out. Uh, Dan, exactly. Dan is so above us that we actually are going to release a two minute podcast of him talking to Urban Meyer in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Brick Baker's promo though because she basically just turned into Jim Cornette. She's like, in this fucking company, wins and losses they they think matters when really it's about star power merchandise sales and ratings that's why somebody gets over not who wins and loses and it's like shit that makes total sense you know hotter cornet i don't know jim jim cornet you ever see him in that mob jacket the bunny versus ty conti ty conti (laughs) is a damn star man she's she's gonna be they should that's there's a lot of money in that lady um i thought she was very good I thought the match was was fine. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the schmas beforehand. What did you think of this, Scott? Yeah, I thought it was fine, yeah. man. Uh, it, it, it's a lot better than what the women's division was. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's like night and day. I know that's a weird scale regardless, but yeah, I go, okay, right direction. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, next week, uh, they talked about the card for next week, which looks great. Tyson is going to be back as an enforcer, which is wonder how much money Tony Khan is paying him for that. Um, and then we get to our main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley in the Young Bucks. This was less of a match and more of like a build to an angle for me. Uh, and uh, I thought the angle was really interesting, you know, and I thought it was done very well. Uh, my only problem with it is for me, I just, you know, right now you have, you know, um, you know, the elite or the bullet club or whatever you want to call them. And you have the pinnacle and you have the inner circle. There's just a lot of stables for me. And a lot of them, some occupy kind of the same space of being, we're the elite, you know, like we're the best group, the pinnacle, we're the elite, we're the inner circle, we're the best, you know? Um, But, you know, I've said, you know, a lot. I thought the segment was good. Scott, what did you think of this? Yeah, my problem with the segment, and I did like it, and I don't mind longer storytelling, but, you know, originally back in what was it, December or the first week of January, they the Young Bucks did too sweet with them. And then there was this tension. And then you're just going back to them too sweeting with them. It's you're ending on the same. No, we had that experience already of everybody joining forces. I know it was a little different because they were more disconnected last time, but. It, it made me go, oh, cool. Now the Young Bucks get to be heels, which trust me, they're better at being heels. It's because it's kind of like a Cody situation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're better being heels. I just think that it's like, there's a lot here, you know, where because the explosion didn't work, it kind of is to their benefit in the sense, I feel like if it did, if the ring blew up in a way that was spectacular, you wouldn't want to see Omega and Moxley in a ring again. But because it didn't, you're fine with it because it really is. That was supposed to be like, this is it for us. We had this trilogy. We're done. But 
Well, it kind of didn't end, so I guess we can keep going. And the thing is, like, I guess it's the kayfabe thing. Like, if the Young Bucks, like, and I've seen people asking this, so I'll ask you guys, did the Young Bucks organically turn in this, or was this their plan all along? Because if this was their plan all along, why would they let the Good Brothers and Kenny do moves on them? Yeah, I think it's supposed to feel organic. But then again, you have the problem of the announcers being like, was this the plan all along? And, and so there is that confusion. And it should, someone does need to make it clear. Yeah, Tony goes into um, his NWO panic voice a lot. And it was one of the reasons why I couldn't stand Shivani and WCW because everything would be like, what, what's going on? I'm, this is the, oh, this I, is thought, the, I thought Tony was great. though. He was just trying to cover over some fucking I, I just think, bad booking. Yeah, dude. but he does it a lot. And during this moment, it, it just needed to breathe. You needed to watch the anguish on Matt's face. That's which true. Is the, okay. and, then, and then realize like what he's going as opposed to like, this is a very emotional moment. Look at the turmoil in his head. Where the biggest thing that bothered me about this was you know that starting next week, you're not going head-to-head with NXT, and this was one of your biggest epic moments that you had in the history of AEW of the reformation of the Bullet Club. Do it next week when you own the night. Let this be the biggest audience you have because you're going to have probably as close to a million viewers as you can get because they're not watching NXT. They have nothing else to watch, and and your first non-head-to-head is the holy shit, Kenny Omega has reunited the the, uh, Good Brothers and the Young Bucks, this is, the, this is you know, the Bullet Club. I got to keep watching because you are going to get people that weren't watching and that don't watch NXT but, or any AEW. They're going to tune in next week. That would have been your big epic moment as opposed to, yes, this was a big moment, but most people were watching NXT TakeOver as opposed to this, and they're going to see the video package. Scott? Well, but but I, I would argue that next week is the big epic moment. Last night was a repeat of, of what happened a few months ago, but more solidified. Next week is the gang is back together. How are they going to act? Your in draw this is tune in for a Matt Jackson promo. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, but I'm saying, you know, it's at least them formed. We're off to the races as opposed to the idea of it possibly happening. Because why would anybody tune in if they don't know it's going to happen? Well, the thing is, like, now they're together. Let's tune in. I think that Tony wanted to win the night. I think that it was the last night, and I think that they wanted – I think that they wanted to – you know, they wanted that bragging rights of like, we beat a takeover and, and they didn't get it, but they tried. So they hot by By replicating something in Japan that most of your American audience hasn't seen? I mean, a lot of American audience has seen it, though. A lot of people. No, American they audience have it. Yes, they have, man. Why do you think this thing is a thing? Well, hold on, Mike. I think most people. And here's a deal. Most people, as American wrestling fans, saw the Bullet Club shirts. If you went to a WWE event or you went to a TNA event or any wrestling thing, you saw the Bullet Club shirt, so you knew what it was, even if you didn't know what the Bullet Club actually was. So now it's like, hey, I get to see that <laughs> thing that was super over in Japan happen here. That's exciting. For, for those people. It's like, now I can understand what it is. And, and what it is, is uh, a chance for them to sell a crap load of more merchandise. But I feel like they've been doing that for a long time. Like that's what Finn and the good brothers felt like. And then, you know, they literally called it the OC when it was AJ style. And look, I think that this iteration is better, but they're not the first to be an Americanized version of that right. thing in Japan. Uh, for sure. Next week, we are going to have NXT versus AEW on the show. Uh, they will, you know, it will be a post-takeover NXT. 
and a uh, competition-free AEW. So it should be interesting to see who has the better show next week. I'm excited for it. NXT has been on upswing. AEW has been, it's been kind of a little bit autopilot lately, but uh, you know, I think it's going to be a fun week to watch wrestling. Number five show in hell. This was brought to us by Robert Karpolis. It was a interview uh, of, of Vince McMahon by David Letterman in 1989, promoting the film, no holds barred. And boy, is this awkward, Robert, why did you, uh, why did you tell us to watch this uh, this train wreck? The, because there's something absolutely amazing about the fact that Vince McMahon has produced television for decades, and he was one of the most <laughs> over characters on television. Yet he doesn't know how to do television otherwise. <laughs> Every it's like every time he goes on a talk show, it's like he's building a feud. You put him there with Bob Costas. He's going to get into a feud. You put him in with Armin Katayan. He's going to get into a feud. You, you do not pick a fight with David Letterman because you're never going to win. And Vince McMahon, especially had been, on his show. <laughs> well, Vince McMahon had been on Letterman before when it was Letterman's third. Well, yeah, but that was during like a segment. It yeah. was during a, it was during a segment, but the whole thing was because Bob Costas talked about this later. It was announcing the, 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 which baby was going to be born during the anniversary. And it was going to be the late night baby. Vince took it seriously and they were all kind of making fun of Vince for it. So there was already this kind of, you know, bitterness to them. And this goes back to the Belzer thing we did last week where Letterman's not going to let Vince get away with pretending that any of this is real. And he's going to try to poke the bear as much as he can. But Vince comes out very smug in the beginning in this really nice suit. And as soon he as he looks it, so it, scared by the end of the interview, he oh, looks because, like terrified because he's like, God damn it. This guy's smarter than me. Like, well, he got, he he got eaten alive, but it was like, yeah. he, he, cause he, he fired the first shot at Letterman. Cause Letterman's like, looks like you got weights for Christmas. And he's like, well, David looks like you didn't. And it was like, oh, OK, it's going to be that kind of interview. And this is what Letterman lives for. And my some of my favorite Letterman bits are when he gets a guest that shouldn't be on there, like uh, Spencer Pratt or Paris Hilton or Lindsay Lohan, and he just eats them alive. And he gave Vince lifelines four or five times, and Vince just wouldn't take it. And that's what makes this so fun to watch, because Vince on TV, when he shows ass on WWE TV, it's because it's scripted. He always is. He's the composed billionaire of the company and he's always spoken about in such reverence but then you put him here and it's like all right he's the country bumpkin buffoon that the mainstream media likes to make him be what did you think of this scott yeah vince doesn't do interview like he doesn't come to play and so he's always on the defense and in that reality he's always justified like, who am I to judge that crazy <laughs> yeah. zone? Yeah, it's always like, who's trying to kill me? Well, and also, you know, he goes, well, he threw the first shot because he said, uh, looks like you didn't get weights, right? But Letterman says, looks like you got weights in like a shitty way, like as if lifting is insulting. Like, that's Letterman's thing. And the thing about Letterman, Letterman's my favorite uh, late night talk show host of all time. If you take him out of out of hosting a talk show, he deserves to get punched in the face every two minutes. He's he's a cunt. That's David Letterman's thing. Uh, so I, I get Vince want, wanting to, to 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 combat him, but then he just kind of gives up because he re he goes, oh wait, he's winning in a verbal battle, and I can't fight him. Oh no, I forgot I can't fight him. I'm going to lose. Yeah, it definitely is that like I'm bombing face. 
Dude, like the re- this is why Conan was so much better at interviewing these wrestlers because like Conan would just be like, "Oh, I'm so weak. Let me touch your like arms." This is why Vince, I would be a fucking amazing interview for you because all I'm gonna ask is like, "Let's see those titties dance," and Vince would be like, "God damn it, I love it!" You know, like which shout out to uh, Bruce Pritchard for me stealing that line. But uh, yeah, I mean, like Vince, come on the show anytime. I'm, I'm gonna I'll give you a softball <laughs> interview, no problem, no problem. <laughs> I'd I would rather the, just watch Vince try to figure out how to use Zoom. <laughs> I'd say the, the the best the best uh, talk show host ever with wrestlers was was Regis and Kathy Lee. But oh, Regis he was like, right, yeah. Yo, Kazuna, you're just so fat. Like <laughs> he was just amazed by everything. Um, yeah, yeah. This, this was amazing to me. This was kind of like historically mind blowing to me because I didn't really know that he was you know out as like the owner of wwe in a media sense you know because this is 89 he's still the announcer you have like president tunney as your authority figure on tv so it was kind of interesting like even when you suggested this i'm like why is this announcer doing an interview and i'm like oh this is vince he even does like a proto version of his strut coming out in his suit which was kind of amazing. And then, yeah, like, Scott, you made the, the best word about it is defense. Mike's dogs are going crazy in the background right now. You have, like, I'm a really, Meltzer dog dog situation. I'm really sorry about that. Um, it's okay. But uh, <laughs> it's it, it was the, he – because he knows that everyone's looking down at him because they are. And he has this inferiority complex. And so it's, it's fun and combustible. But it's also, especially when there's a live audience and the live audience is there for the other guy, you're going to lose. And uh, But the funniest thing of this by far was Dave Letterman. I think he was being nice, but saying that No Holds Bar was going to be a big success. <laughs> Letterman gave him a not. lot. He was very generous and gave him a lot of outs. It was, this thing is huge. Whenever you're on pay-per-view, it does big numbers. I loved Bobby Heenan growing up or from the same, you know, from the same town. He's really yeah. great. He's like, you guys get the best wrestlers, right? He's like, I wouldn't say that. And it was like, what is like Vince was in his well, own he head. He didn't know. Yeah. He didn't yeah. know what to do. You know, like I've seen, I've, I've been that, you know, like where you're, you're in college, you're trying to impress people. And then you realize you haven't read the author yes. and you're like, Oh shit. Uh, that That's like Vince's, that was Vince's entire vibe. Yes, um, Vince didn't read Ulysses, and he's giving the report on it. But what yeah. was what was funny? I mean, Letterman had his one gotcha moment when there's like, "Oh, it's SummerSlam," and it's like, "And what's going to happen?" And then the audience like, "Oh, he said it. They made him admit that wrestling is fake." And that's when Vince kind of was just like, "All right, fuck this. We're we're done." Um, but when when Letterman wants to, you know, make a segment work, you, you know, the the Lawler Andy Kaufman thing is the gold standard of wrestling talk show moments. That is one of Absolutely. the coolest things I've ever seen. And Letterman played it perfectly. This was why you don't let wrestlers do talk shows. And, 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 and as more proof of why wrestlers don't do talk shows for next week's show in hell, we are going to be doing the Vader and undertaker interview in Saudi Arabia. That's uh, Kuwait, dude. Oh, it's Kuwait. <laughs> Sorry. Shit. My bad. Yeah. Kuwait um it is it's a wild interview it i will say it's less awkward than this interview um but you know you do think somebody's gonna get murdered so check out the kuwait interview uh if you guys want to tune in next week we'll also be roasting I mean, Shawn Michaels. 
this this Letterman uh, one, I almost thought that he was going to get murdered at some point. Like, just just yeah. even when he was like, "Put her there, pal." Like at the end, like he's going to just like strangle Letterman because, I mean, it is you know, the, that moment when Letterman says the thing about like, "So you got one of those WrestleManias coming up," and that was like a super defensive moment for Vince. Like the thing, if you're a wrestling fan long enough, and I'm sure Vince can't understand this because he's too deep in it it's that like yeah people don't give a shit about this and you kind of have to like if even if they're mildly curious you have to accept that as some kind of respect and even if they get it wrong like who gives a shit <laughs> and, and 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 wrestling really is its own language so when people talk about it it does sound insulting because they are gonna it's like you know it's it's like being you know like hey uh so you you do the lakuka racha like there's like it's like you could. It's like we're a race of people, <laughs> right? And this was the peak. Er- and everybody's racist. This was the peak era where, where wrestling was was a joke. It's like Jim Ross always talks about this on his podcast when he's you know not saying other really offensive things. That late eighties, early nineties, it's like yeah. if you said you worked in wrestling, people would look at you like what a fucking loser unless you were a wrestling unless you were in that bubble. So when Vince goes outside of his world. To everyone else, it's like, all right, here's the here's the clown to come dance for us. Now it's cool, but nobody watches it. I think that maybe like that was part of the draw for mainstream is like just telling wrestlers it's fake. And now that they say it's fake, they don't like it anymore. Right. <laughs> well, this is the last thing I'll say is that like, you know, what they often say is Vince is the one who took it national. But what he really did and with Hulk Hogan was he made it specifically for kids which is a brilliant idea because you get a new audience every couple of years and <laughs> you get them for a long time. Like it's yeah. a genius. It's, it's what MTV did. You know, it's like, it's fucking smart. And look what happened to MTV. Number six. Hey, uh, I don't know if you noticed by my hoodie, but uh, it's WrestleMania week folks. WrestleMania 37. We're going to go through our predictions. I'm going to start out with Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina versus, I'm guessing, Billy Kay and a mystery opponent. There may be somebody else uh, added. I'm going to, I think it's going to be Billy Kay and the mystery opponent. And I guess this is more of a hope than a prediction, but I hope that it's Io Shirai and that Billy doesn't do anything. And it's just Io Shirai, like, winning the match for, for them. And then the next night, she like wins the match for them. And you basically build a new star in the division that way. It does devalue this tag division for sure. But uh, Vince doesn't give a fuck about that. What what do you think, Robert? Uh, My hope is that Billy Kay's partner is going to be Peyton Royce and that they realize that splitting up the Iconics, the only over tag team they had was a terrible idea. Uh, If it's not that, I think it's going to be Lana and Naomi because there is some equity in that story with Nia and Shayna and them. And uh, if you're going to have one of these teams wrestle again, Naomi wrestling two nights in a row is a hell of a lot better than seeing two nights of Tamina. Uh, (laughs) This is my favorite thing about this match is that Natty tweeted a picture on Twitter that says, uh, history always repeats itself. And it's her and Tamina raising hands in victory. And then it's Yokozuna and Owen Hart raising hands in victory. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> god 
God damn it, Natty. Uh, yeah, I uh, if you can see that there, uh, you guys oh, can look this up no. on her. Holy shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Natty. That's hilarious. Wow. To mention, things didn't really end great for either Yoko or Owens. Yeah. This is not going well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but don't and worry. Next, don't next wor- she puts up a picture of the Menendez brothers. <laughs> but don't worry, Robert. History repeats itself. <laughs> uh, um, who, do you, who do you got in this match, Mike? Um, I will, I'll, I'll say, uh, yeah, mystery partner and Billy. It's so funny when you know Mike doesn't get shit about something because you truly see his soul leave his body, yeah. um, which is what just happened when he gave his prediction. Scott. <laughs> yeah, Mike will be feeding his action figures during this match. <laughs> I, I, he made everybody macaronis. <laughs> I want to say I legit, I, I legit bought one of those uh, arcade one-up machines, Marvel vs. Capcom. I will be playing that a lot during WrestleMania weekend. All WrestleMania is on. <laughs> uh, I think Natalia uh, could win, right? That's the team. Uh, but I also think it's probably going to be a surprise and I would love for it to be EO. And I know she tweeted kind of a a little thing as if to hint that she'd be at WrestleMania, but then you go, it's going to be like Trish and Lita or something. And then they're going to like win it and retire the titles. I I hope we, they just start chanting Yoko Snuka. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up we have Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I predict this will be a good match if they stay away from character work. The most swings ever and a Rollins victory. Who do you got for this, Scott? I think Cesaro uh, has to win. I think it it, it is supposed to represent uh, finally, you know, getting his moment. But it's not going to be a moment, and they're going to pretend it is. And but it's not. I swear. I don't. I don't care. I know it's. Look, every WrestleMania match is going to be amazing because finally fans, and it's going to feel so cool. But this is not Cesaro's moment. He deserves a better moment. But I hope he wins. Seth is a great worker. This gimmick is just ass. Yeah, the gimmick's ass, and so it makes you not care. And Cesaro's gimmick is ass, man. Yeah. I mean, just that was Billy Gunn's gimmick. Was the ass man another time? <laughs> We're uh, gonna talk about booty man. In the yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, yeah, who do you yeah. got for this? Uh, Cesaro. It's a feel good moment. Robert, I think Rollins needs to win because this is his big return. But afterwards, Cesaro swings him more times than ever. And the crowd chants along and they play it in video packages, which to Vince is a bigger win. Braun versus Shane. uh... Cesaro is like that dynasty, like Brodus Clay, right? What? This is like horseshit what they've done to him. What do you mean? He's not like the. The swinging thing is like the worm or something. Well, I mean, it, you know, it gets him over with kids, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a safe move to do. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at it, Scott, where it's like, could he be having four to five star matches in other companies? Yes. But for less money, yeah, <laughs> he swings yeah, yeah. dudes yeah, around and makes <laughs> a, it's the Bushwhackers. If you saw the Bushwhackers before they were in WWF, you'll understand why they went to WWF and took that cash. The grace yes. of the if he get, if he gets swing uh, swing is in the air over and they sell t-shirts he will be much happier than uh, if he was actually wrestling well, elsewhere. Uh, no, nobody's buying that shirt, but yes, of course. Braun, Braun versus Shane McMahon. I predict this will. This has the. I think this will probably be the worst match of the weekend. Um, I think there's going to be a dumb interference, and Braun's going to win. Uh, what do you got, Robert? So I think now that I've thought about this, it actually works. 
and I'm shocked that I realized this. And it's not going to be oh, a bad Jesus match. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, putting the, I'm putting the creative writing hat on for a moment because here's the deal. The story is that Braun is stupid in Shane's eyes and Braun's going to prove otherwise. Braun books this steel cage match where Shane is going to get the shit beat out of him and that's going to be fun to watch. Shane's going to be left for dead. Braun's going to go like he's going to leave and then come back in to beat up Shane even more. And then there's going to be interference, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, Jackson Riker, I think this is where Dabakato is going to finally return because they've already established the connection with Shane and Dabakato. Daba is going to lay Braun Strowman out. Shane's going to climb out of the ring and he's going to win. And then Shane's going to go on Raw and be like, Braun Strowman is as stupid as I said he was. He could have won. He didn't. He picked the match. He did, I'm smarter than him. And now you have a good feud for Braun to go forward with. I don't know, man. I mean, like if Dabakato can wrestle, who knows? Scott, it, the, the real question you asked during a match like this is, is the ship going to be used and is it the match for it to be used during? Because there's a giant right. ship. That's the set of WrestleMania. It looks amazing. Is Shane going to climb a ship and well, it's jump either off be him of or Kevin it? Owens, right? Yeah. Or is it Owens? And then you go, oh, man, Sammy Zayn on a ship. He's going to go full pirate. It's going to be the greatest thing in the world. Uh, but does Shane ruin that? Does Shane jump on Braun or is this just a straight up interference? He can't leave the cage. And do we get green slime? Oh, it's a cage. Oh, yeah. Oh, this match is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll we, just take. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Oh, prediction. my goodness. New this match is going to be. We had, we, had, we, had Braun with, we had Braun with Nicholas, you know, a couple of years ago. So now Braun just has to put over non-wrestling sons of employees the rest of his life. <laughs> New Day versus uh, AJ Styles and almost uh, I'm I can't, can't see a scenario where the New Day wins. Uh, I AJ and almost uh, this will be the Yoko Owen Hart match, and uh, I imagine it'll be a pretty short match. Uh, who do you got for this, Mike? Um, uh, not almost his knees. <laughs> Okay. Shades of Sid Vicious. Yeah, this is almost debuting at Mania, so he can win the titles. They're they're they built up that he's going to do something impressive. So hopefully he delivers. Remember, this is the company that when Kali debuted, they had him squash the Undertaker. So they're going to feed New Day to almost so and that's fine. Scott, yeah, AJ's going to jump off of him. There's going to be a cool moment. I want them to win. My fear is that he turns on AJ and it just turns into a, the three of them beating up AJ. Like he's in the new day now. And now he's like the new Big E. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's just a genuine concern where you go, Oh, those are a bunch of shitty pieces. But that I makes sense. They like making shit. They puzzles. were pitching like Tyler Breeze to be in the new day for a while. I think that they like, they don't want it to be, I don't know. I don't think that, like just being black makes it new day. I'm not sure, but they had they had Big E. Now they'll have Immobile O. <laughs> uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. I predict Bad Bunny gets a win after doing something off the top rope, while Damian Priest gives Morrison a razor's edge or something. Yeah, I think he's going to point to the sky and they're going to go, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, for some reason. They always, they're going to go, you got to mention Eddie. And he's going to go, what? You got to. 
is uh this wasn't a tag and then they just made it a tag right because it right. should have always been a tag yeah well because damien it, it, they wanted it to be a tag but priest was hurt and now yeah, I priest guess and morrison cleared. were hurt now they're cleared so now you're getting a tag match um yeah I think that's better. better, well, I think better it, it gets yeah. priest over, which is the, that's the whole reason to have the match. It gets priest over. And I think bad bunny winning the, the, I truly believe this is going to work for Miz because Miz in the last couple months won the world title. Then he lost it. And then he gets pinned at WrestleMania by against bad bunny, the character development chance that he has of Miz going totally off the wall and ape shit would be kind of interesting to watch the next couple months. Yeah, I don't know. If you know it's it would be way, great though. if, like, if like Taker or Michaels or some like old school guys backstage and like, is this your last match, Mister Bunny? And he's like, yes. They're like, you go out on your back. <laughs> you don't fucking win this. <laughs> <laughs> and Taker's just waiting back there Taker, to kick his ass if he doesn't do the Taker's job. Taping his fist up for Bad Bunny. <laughs> yeah. You're internationally, you're internationally renowned, Bad Bunny, but I'm gonna make you famous. This is the most, uh, you know, ahead of time thing in the world. But we're gonna be roasting Undertaker for Halloween, so uh, get ready for that, folks. You're Bob- doing the job, Rabbit. Bob Lashley for Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think it's going to be Drew, uh, but if, it'll be Lashley if Brock shows up. Um, it's going to be the first thing on the show, so I doubt that's where they'll use Brock. I think that they would wait wait for the next night to use Brock. But I, I there's rumors about Brock. Yeah, there's rumors that Brock is coming back. Who said this? When I've, I've just been reading. Why are you so incredulous? I mean, that's. No, I just haven't heard. No, I'm interested. I, I've been reading uh, online. I mean, it's, and it's always a possibility with Vince, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. But, but well, then I wasn't a headliner he in TNA in 2016, so he doesn't fit the theme of this match. <laughs> <laughs> He's made money for the company. I don't get why he'd be in this match. Apparently, this is the first match, right? Uh, that's what uh, they're saying. It's probably going to be the first match yeah. so Drew can get that pop. Yeah, you have the, this awesome moment with the crowd, and I think that's what they ride on, and it'll be a fine enough match. I just think visually we're going to go, holy shit, it's WrestleMania with people, and it's it's and it's just going to feel awesome, and Drew's going to win, and if Lesnar shows up, that's awesome too. And I think Lesnar maybe would want to because of that moment too, to get that kind of pop, you know, just make everyone go crazy, you know? I think I'm, it's a, spread the germs. So I was thinking about this match today, but I, I'm blaming it on the vaccine. But this is this is where my, my brain went. That Drew and, and Lashley are going to have a good match, and then it's going to be the situation where you have MVP trying to distract, maybe Corbin trying to distract, and then you're going to have Shelton and Cedric even the odds, and Lashley is going to lose to Drew. And then on Raw, they're going to point out that there was the stipulation that Shelton and Cedric are not allowed to be at ringside and then strip Drew of the title. Because I think they want to give Drew that moment of the the pop in front of a live crowd of holding the championship. But if Drew wins the championship, there's nobody for him to feud with other than Lashley. So I think having him win at Mania and then them taking the title off the next night. You could have Balor go over carrying Cross and then do Cross McIntyre. You you could, but I think that they set up this Shelton, Shelton and Cedric stipulation for a reason. I'm hoping and that that's the payoff for it that they Oof. wind up getting. I feel like that's the that's the way out of it. Seems like so. That's so so shitty. It seems, seems sounds like cruelty. Yeah. To of course fans, it is. Right? That's that's how they operate. And then that's, it's a shocking moment on Raw. It's the only thing, thing that seems to make would pay off. Why you'd split up the hurt business would be that you have the stipulation out there, and then they think that they're doing something good, and it costs Drew the title. 
I don't know, man. I think I think Lashley's uh, entrance is going to be great for this. I think I think Drew's would be really cool too. I think the match itself, yeah, it's like if it's going to go first, your first match should not have a fuck finish. It just d- deflates the crowd, kind of. I think. It should be just if, if you want Drew to win, then have him win clean or something. Um, you know they're gonna fight again at the next pay-per-view, probably, but it should just be a good basic, like, hey, isn't it great wrestling's back match? Sasha Banks. Yeah, because the feud's not doing it, man. The feud's they, not doing I mean, it. They, they, they have to use a global pandemic. They they have to use like John Cena announcing Osama <laughs> bin Laden is dead moment. <laughs> to get this fucking feud Sa- Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, which I'm hoping goes on last. I predict this will be a really fun match, even though the build has been kind of, and uh, it's been kind of Reginald. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of Reginald. <laughs> and I predict, uh, I predict Bianca goes over. Who do you got for this, Mike? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look like this card, I think is not a good card. Uh, on paper, just in terms of the builds themselves, but in terms of the matchups it is, I think that you're going to get some great matches this weekend. Do I think you'll get some great storytelling? Possibly. I'm not sure, but this should be good. And and Bel Air ending the night on this feel-good moment, I think, is a great way to end things. Uh, Does anyone disagree with me and Mike? Nope. All right, next. No, this is yeah, this is gonna feel very nice. Why Oscar versus Rhea Ripley? I think this is gonna be a DQ with Charlotte or Bailey getting involved. Uh, I'm not sure who the DQ's for. Maybe a double DQ. Um, who do you got for this, Robert? I think uh, Rhea's gonna win this. They they didn't want the title on Oscar at this point in time. It was supposed to go to anybody who was pregnant, um, and now they're they're stuck with this. Rhea lost last year. This is her debut on the main roster they love having women debut and win the title it doesn't really hurt Rhea to win the championship year so I'd have her win it Mike yeah that makes sense to me I think this might be one of the best matches on the show either night I mean these women are incredible Scott Um, yeah yeah it's gonna look awesome it's gonna be like a glam rock uh fiasco I, I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, I think it'll be fun. And Rhea wins, and and she's a heel. And I think she's gonna go like full blown heel in this match. And it's gonna be really cool to watch. You know what? It, it is kind of one of the best feuds on the card because it really is just you have that thing I want. I'm gonna wrestle you for it. It's not over. Dude, sometimes that's all that matters. Yeah, all and need. it's like she wears a black leather jacket. Oscar wears colorful clothes. It's a fucking, you know, they both wear war paint. Let's go, ladies. I'm ex- you know. the, the Fiend versus Randy Orton. Scott, I know this is your favorite thing in wrestling. What do you think happens? Well, dude, apparently it's just a match. Yeah, right? it's just it's a not... match, which I, I'm shocked by. <laughs> Scary, man. Look, uh, uh, so for newer listeners, I like Bray Wyatt. The Fiend is a character that can't work, though, because uh, he he's like Jason. And the Jason movies fucking suck. Oh, and if you on. like the Jason movies, you're you're like a pervert or something. <laughs> oh my god! And if you're a fiend fan, you're a pervert. No, it's a that's bad not gimmick. true. It's a bad gimmick for weirdos. It can't work because he's not allowed to sell. So it looks like you're watching like all those awful botchamania gimmicks come to life because he doesn't sell. And every time you see him, he gains fifteen pounds. <laughs> 
sucks. <laughs> I thought he looked a little thinner as a burn. Fire. Burn. But Ran- Randy Orton's funny, and you go, it's just like watching your buddy getting a getting himself into a mess. You know? <laughs> and that's why I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, it's like your buddy called on stage during like the Universal Studios show, you know, like, or it's like, yeah. all right. It's like, oh, there goes, yeah, there goes Randy wrestling the neighbor's dog again. <laughs> uh, Robert, who you got for this? I, I guess the, I feel like the thing is that we, we got the, uh, the payoff last month where Alexa Bliss beat Randy Orton. So I feel like now you have to have the Fiend win and then Randy just go away which I'm sure he'd be really devastated about having to miss a couple months of TV at the Thunderdome. <laughs> Mike. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to say uh, Zangief and Cyclops. Cause that's who I'll be playing as <laughs> an X-Men versus street fighter. Oh, at this, Mike, this is wrestling. Uh, yeah. I'll watch. I mean, I, you fun. know, I love my wrestle crap. The, the worst yes, thing this yes. can be is fine. I hope it's terrible. I hope we get lots of pyro and, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think the fiend, I think the fiend will win. And yeah, Orton, Orton, I think, I think it'll just end with Orton just uh, on a microphone saying how much money he's making that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he's e. the real winner. <laughs> yeah. Biggie versus Apollo Cruz. We're going to get into this match a little later on. Um, I, I look, I, I don't know, man. I thought it was going to be Apollo because it is his gimmick. If you don't know, it's a Nigerian drum circle match, which I don't know what that is. I Googled. It's not a thing. We're going to talk about it a little later on in the show. Um, but uh, Biggie is now coming out to Wally. And I think there's a big. Wally. Wally is the sorry. robot from Pixar. Wally, you're right. You're right. All right. <laughs> Pixar is fucking Wally. <laughs> although, although, Robert, a lot of people there will look like the humans in Wally. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, I, I just don't know. I think if I, I think Biggie could go over now, and then I think it's the end of Apollo Cruz. If if you lose a gimmick match that you introduced, that's that's it. I don't know. Am I? What, what do you think, Robert? What do you think happens during this match? Yeah, I'm I'm torn. I feel like you can't take the title. You can't take the title off Big E because he's got this. Uh, momentum going forward but i can also see apollo stealing i guess a drumstick from one of the nigerian drummers and hitting biggie with it but i'm going to assume that biggie keeps the title scott uh this will rule and we'll talk i'll talk about it in the next segment. mike um <laughs> just prediction because we're going to talk about this later i'll say um i'll say apollo wins kevin owens versus Sami Zayn, mike um this would be really fun is there any type of stip uh no logan paul's in the corner that's all oh that's a stipulation uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, i think i mean look like, even if it's logan paul i'm like ugh, like that's still the other company has tyson Shaq, and snoop and they're all over 50 that's why i'm against them they're over 50 that's the only reason why um i'm not hogan uh, <laughs> but i i think uh, Hogan Paul. Um, I think that I think I think that uh, Owens. I mean, it always feels like he's on the cusp of something more, even though he never is. And then they'll use this moment to make you think that again. Uh, Robert Scott. I think Sammy's going to win this because his whole shtick has been everyone's against me, and this is a conspiracy, and he's going to win by some kind of fucked up weird conspiracy, like he paid off the ref or something, and it's going to be. 
now it's like, see, Kevin, I told you there was a conspiracy. You know, fuck you. But I also think that Kevin's going to figure out a way to jump off that pirate ship. Scotty. I think this is going to be so awesome. I think there's going to be like five moments in it that uh, make me feel amazing. And I think, dude, I, th- I think Sammy loses. Um, and I think it's corny. But do they have Logan help Owens? Yeah, and that's that what feeds I. I, I, I kind of these conspiracies, I, I, you yeah, know. Like, I, see, he Logan screwed me. It's this idea which, of everybody against him, which is him. annoying because you want to see the Owens Logan Paul match eventually. Like, the, imagine those promos back and forth, and the online, you know, Twitter beef would be. Uh, oh, Owens has to stun him. Yeah, for sure. Although it's like, again, it's like I love Kevin Owens. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why are you giving Kevin Owens that move? Like, it's just, it's a hat on a hat. Riddle versus Sheamus. Uh, It's a a head on a fat. (laughs) I think they'll do uh, Sheamus and then have Keith Lee win the next night, like how they did at WrestleMania 34 with uh, Jinder and Jeff Hardy for the United States title. Who do you got for this, Robert? Sheamus, uh, similar thinking, but I think this is Damian Priest the next night with Bad Bunny, and he's going to win the U.S. title. Very possible. Mike? Um, this is, this is pre-show, right? This, this reeks of pre-show. No, there is no pre-show. Um, there is no pre-show. It's starting at eight each night because, uh, there's no only pre-com. Brother. <laughs> right, oh, WrestleMania is starting at eight, night seven. I don't know. I believe, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I know that the takeovers have been starting at eight, so I think that the WrestleManias are too. Um, I, I would go, I'll say I'll say Riddle, but this is I mean both these guys are talented, but and they could be doing more. But you know, hey Riddle, I'm not excited about this. Yeah, this feels like a match that like the 24 seven title runs through it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You like at, at this moment where you go, this is so amazing because they, you know, they're gonna slap the shit out they of each are, other. But Riddle's gonna be the star of the future. Sheamus, they've cut bait on. If they really believed in Sheamus, this would be Sheamus Druid Mania. But they've given Sheamus a hundred pushes and it never works. And they tried this one this year with the sword and the friendship. And then they're like, yeah, we, we got to stop with this. So he's fine in the U.S. title picture to, you know, slap Damian Priest or uh, Kevin Owens or Kevin uh, yeah. uh, Keith Lee. I, I agree that Riddle could be the star of the future. But is this the gimmick of a star? Like, Yeah, it entertains well, I, Vince. And that's really all you need to be on TV. As dumb this- as that is. Is, is Seamus what MJF would look like if he didn't use the lotion and that's why he does? Well, the, more, the, the good thing about Riddle is whenever you want him to turn turn into a serious character, you literally just show a clip package of him beating people's ass, asses in the UFC and then you forget about, you know, the year of him being a stoner. Yeah, he goes, I kicked dope. Yeah, yeah I kicked dope. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge. I think this will be great. And I think that there will be a new women's IC US women's tag and men's tag. So I think they're going to keep it on Roman. What do you think, Scott? I think this is going to be the coolest. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's going to feel like, oh, my God, the world is watching this, even even though it's not that many of us watching it anymore, you know? and I want Roman to win. I want him to win because I want him to have the title for at least another year. But I think this is how they sneak Edge getting it. I think Edge pins Brian or something. Something weird happens, but I think Edge gets it. Robert? I think Roman has to keep it. 
Um, I think this is what's going to trigger crazy edge and you're going to get an edge, Brian, you know, I'm going to retire you again, kind of feud for the next couple months. And Roman can, you know, sit around and do whatever. And pretty much anybody they put Roman in there with is going to be elevated in the next feud. So if they decide they're going to do Roman and Cesaro for a month, they can get away with doing that. But I think that Edge and Brian is the the money going forward with heel Edge. Uh, and Roman needs to keep this championship for a long time. Zach? Uh, I, I am unfortunately in agreement with Scott where I want Roman to win, but I'm scared Edge is going to win. And I know that's a lot coming from me, but in reality, Roman Reigns is the best and he should have that title for another year. For new listeners, uh, Zach's father is Edge. So this is a real betrayal <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, I definitely predict that one of the weirdest things uh, is going to be what they replace, whatever the crowd attendance is like, what are they going to have to say up front? Cause Vince is obsessed with that kind of Robert, you've been there or like, what are, cause they're not going to be able to, you know, do the crowd announcement. There's a hundred thousand people. There's 85,000. What are they going to make a big this deal? This is what they're going to do that. There were more people here than there were at the Super Bowl in the same stadium. And that's what they're going to hype. Uh, that this smart. was the biggest event of the year at Raymond James Stadium, more than the Super Bowl, way more COVID, positive COVID tests, but there's way more people here. Fuck you, NFL. That's going to be their whole thing. If Vince is going to be on a mic, they had the weekend, but we lost it the weekend. Well, either, either way, yeah. man, it's WrestleMania. It's one of the most fun weekends of the year. Eat some, pop, dude, eat some dude, pizza, hut, eat some Papa John's, enjoy enjoy some wrestling. I, I, it's literally going to be Vince opening the show with – the country is open. And then the news is going to have to be like, no, he doesn't have authority to say that. It'll be like the WWE kickstarted the economy. again. Uh, I will say to Mike's point, though, with AEW stars, WrestleMania has Logan Paul, Bad Bunny and BB Rexa. And the fact that I only know who these three people are because they're in WrestleMania, but they're all like people. When I told my wife, she's like, oh, I've heard of all of them. That's how you use modern celebrities. So good on WWE for being somewhat current. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel, I feel like uh, I don't, I don't remember which one of you was. It's got the mention um, like Brian, uh, Brian versus Edge, because that oh, it was you, Robert. Yeah. Like that excites me so much. Just imagining like the first lumberjack match, but with all neck surgeons. Just <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, because I didn't. I didn't give a prediction on this. I. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay, man. Dude, no worries. Um, you know, Brian had his like. I, I'm a, I'm a big Brian Mark, but he had his moment, and it was a great moment. He doesn't need this. He he's gonna be the glue of this match, and yeah, this is. You know, Roman has been dominant, but there is. You know, Robert. I know you were saying about video packages. They're obsessed with the video packages. They want that giant arena Roman in the middle of the arena. Whenever he's talking about being head of the table, being the leader, it's a great visual and he deserves the reward for carrying the show. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Being the best thing in WWE in a really long time. Also how, how great of a heel he is that his real story is he beat cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Was supposed to headline last year, didn't because, you know, he was having a kid, all these worries of COVID and also his health wasn't great. And and now it's, you know, these guys returning and their necks, they both have neck issues where it's like, well, you, well, you chose to fucking take bumps, you yeah. know? 
He didn't. Right. He but, didn't go. Ooh, leukemia. That, yeah, that's why he's a heel because in Vince's mind, he got sick and he fucked his wife. Like there is no bigger heel <laughs> in Vince's world than that. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're at number seven. This is a segment we'd like to call. Oh yes, shit. this is a segment we'd like to call Grimix. Uh, it's every week we take two of the worst gimmicks in wrestling history. We pit them against each other, and we find out which one is the worst. Since this was the roast to Hulk Hogan, Mr. Mike Lawrence had the idea. Let's decide which one of Ed Leslie's gimmicks is the worst. And, folks, he's had 18 of them. He's had 18 gimmicks. <laughs> it is insane. Um, I'm going to go with – I'll start it off. Even uh, I'm going to say the Clipmaster was the worst ever for me. The reason that I think – the Clipmaster, it's, you know, there's a really funny Dan Goodman stand-up bit where he talks about uh, getting cereal in a bag instead of the box. And, like, that's, to me, the Clipmaster. It's, like, the Fruit Loops off-brand in a bag. Uh, no, a bag instead of a box. Like, so I'm going to go with Clipmaster. If you haven't seen it, it's the laziest shit ever. They couldn't say Brutus the Barber beep. They couldn't say, you know, the, the Barber gimmick, so they called him the Clipmaster, which isn't, I thought the Clipmaster is whoever, like, puts these packages together for WWE and makes you want to see the matches after they fucked up the build. But apparently it was Ed Leslie at this time. Uh, Booty man. I was going to say booty man is number two, but badass Billy Gunn is not that much different. So like, and it's clearly a rip off of that, but uh, I'm going to go with Clipmaster. Mike, this was your idea. Who do you got? Uh, booty man predates uh, Billy. Oh, really? The yeah. ass man gimmick by a few years. Yeah. Wow. Do you, know what his, do you know what his move was? Was the high knee. Yep. Uh, yeah, the high knee. Uh, is, is a big also, I kept thinking knee. Dan was saying like the Clipmaster, which sounds like a much more interesting gimmick. <laughs> no, that's a uh, that's Xbox gimmick. <laughs> oh, we had to we had to say that. Yeah, it's like, like I don't even believe it ever shout, happened. It was shout out to gimmick. Xbox too. I just did his new uh, podcast on. I think it's like WrestleLink, but it's a really it's a really fun well, time. Well, first off, Ed, Ed Leslie should be known as QT Marshall's best possible outcome. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Dude, the guy worked forever and he was always with Hogan and they were lifelong friends. I have to, for one reason, I have to go with the butcher because it headlined a fucking star cast, a starcade. Yeah. It was starcade 94. It was the main event. Hogan's first starcade in the company versus the butcher because it was Ed Leslie, but he was butchering their friendship. And he came out with uh, John Tenta who was Avalanche at the time, which they rightfully sued and won. <laughs> and the, I completely understand why Vince never hired him a uh, winner of the year award, uh, Kevin Sullivan, uh, who is just the least intimidating wrestler ever. Just a, a gremlin from Boston. Dude, that's uh, how he got away with those fucking Benoit murders. Nobody <laughs> saw it coming. <laughs> you mean that's how we got away with those Benoit murders? <laughs> I do not really believe that. He looks like the mayor of Munchkin in The Wizard of Oz. Like very literally, specifically that guy. He looks exactly like you find uh, out He's the booker of Munchkin Town. But um, yes. Yeah, or the corner as coroner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, uh, Butcher. I mean, the fact that they thought that Ed Leslie should fucking headline a, a Starcade, ugh, that that has to be number one. 
Well, so, so I'm unfamiliar with all of these gimmicks besides, you know, the barber beefcake. And that's because I sat in like a green room with him once. And, you know, <laughs> he was just as uncomfortable as me. Um, but the, uh, the but, Zodiac. But, but, but Scott, so this uh, gimmick. Scott, Omega, I just wanted to make a joke, which was uh, they were in the same green room and Kenny Omega refused to talk to either of them. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, 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 go, go on. Um, so, so the Zodiac, it, it was, you know, I, I watched some of these things. He would only say yes or no. And this was a gimmick <laughs> that Hogan thought up. And we're supposed to not realize that obviously he was into cuckolding. <laughs> but, um, but that sounds like that would be the worst gimmick to only say yes or no. And you're brood, you know, you're that guy doing that. It stopped Beefcake from doing so promos, so that's great. <laughs> but also, that's true, I guess. if you have 18 gimmicks, when have you said no? <laughs> See, I was taught, like, my, I, I immediately went to Booty Man simply because if Billy Gunn can do something better than you, then it deserves to be the worst thing of your career. Oh, but I, but the asterisk to it is when Beefcake came back in the WWF after his parasailing accident, and he was wearing a mask and the horrifying story that Hogan tells of like, you know, my brother Brutai called me and his face was falling off. Like as a kid, that was terrifying. Like he, like in my mind, beefcake. It was like really bad. That's looks. like the one thing Hogan didn't lie about. It was really it, bad. It wasn't. But then you bring him back and I was kind of like, even as a kid, I'm like, I don't want to see you wrestle. Your face almost fell off. Like I felt that <laughs> bad for him as a kid. Like everything else is, is a work, but it's like, dude, you're, 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 you're almost, your head almost fell off. Like go home. Uh, go work at a subway. What could what could be the worst thing that happens if you work in a subway station? What happened? He got he got he crashed in a parasailing yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah something like was parasailing. They came down and, and hit him in the face. You you thought he was a terrible face before. <laughs> here's here's what was amazing. I was watching a Booty Man promo that I just have to tell you the contents of because it was so funny. Was that it was in '96. And he tells this long promo about his mom dying in the hospital and Hogan being there, his father having multiple heart attacks and dying and Hogan being there, the parasailing accident and Hogan being there. But then he feels betrayed because Hogan didn't ask him to be in the NWO. But he brings up all these real sad things in his life. And the and the narration is just the booty man confesses what hurts him the most. <laughs> I feel like the common theme is every time there's tragedy in his life, like it's Hogan's there. Like he's the reason. <laughs> oh man! All right. Did he just whispered to the mom, "Why don't you go lip, brother, <laughs> mother?" Okay. Did everybody get in there? Uh, which had was was gimmick is the worst? Yes. All right. Let's get to number eight. How uncomfortable should we be about this Nigerian drum match? And more importantly, what were the ideas that WWE creative talked Vince out of? Being a former WWE creative uh, yourself, Robert, um, do you think there were more offensive ideas that Vince had planned for this? Yes, I think it was going to be Apollo versus Edge in a spear versus spear match. Um, <laughs> oh, so I'm glad we didn't yeah. get that. Yeah, this God. is this is clearly somebody gave uh, Vince a VHS copy of Black Panther, and yeah, he's like, absolutely. "We can we can do this, and it's going to be pageantry. 
Like, I guarantee you he's more excited about this than probably anything else in the show because he loves this image of all these, you know, the, the drums, and they're all going to come out. And this is going to be truly like a memorable, amazing cultural moment. And my hope is that Hulk Hogan introduces this match. <laughs> Scott, what's your take on this? Well, I, I think it I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really do. I think it's uh, because Big E seems like he's at a point in the company that he wouldn't let it get messed up in like a big way where it's like, oh, this is offensive. Uh, and then when uh, when you hear that, like Wale is going to be singing him out and stuff, you're like, oh, this is actually going to feel like a cool celebratory moment. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you guys are talking me into in, this. In some weird way. I mean, but then also you go Nigerian drum circle. What does that also mean? Like, I hope there are these cool moments, but at the same time, what what does it visually look like? Well, the like? dumb part of it, that is I realize like, is because you're in Tampa, you're that close to Bush Gardens, and they probably have some version of this that happens there, and that's where they were like, oh, we're going to get these drummers from here, and they're going to have the costumes and do all that. And they're going to make it feel as quasi authentic as possible. I've literally, and it's like a lumberjack match, but with those I guys. Yes. One time I blacked out and I woke up oh. in a drum circle. It was insane. <laughs> uh, it was like one of the most oh insane. Gosh. I did so much drugs that night. Uh, my, uh, I mean, what? What did the? What was? What kind of drums? Like a? It was like oh, it was a bunch of white kind, kids like a, and one one Asian guy. Oh, it was. Oh, you woke up at Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, no, this was a gathering of the vibes. Uh, the headliner was Deep Banana Blackout. I'm not, I'm not joking. Um, I think it's like I woke up in a soup with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is actually how what I think happened. I think that like Vince went backstage and he saw Apollo and Biggie there, and he's like, "All right, uh, you guys have fought a lot before. We uh, we need a gimmick." How about a rap battle that's also a three-point contest? And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. And he's like, uh, all right, uh, whoever loses is is Michael Hayes' help. And they're like, no, no, not that. <laughs> and then they're like, Nigerian drum circle? And they're like, yes, that. That's the one. Do that one. That seems better than the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> that seems better. Um Number nine. It's better than his 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 first idea was to have them go back and forth with a wild and out uh, sketches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her first is like a white woman on a pole match I with just, I, special enforcer OJ Simpson. I just want a video of of Vince like trying to pronounce the word Wakanda. Wakanda. Wakandi. I don't know. I want a video of Michael Hayes as the agent laying out this match. That's what I want us to do. Oh my God! Can you imagine? I All mean, right, number. I, I oh, think sorry, that like that we. I feel like this is one of the more predictable manias, and I'm just like excited that there's something that I don't know what it's gonna be. <laughs> so like I'm more intrigued by it. But you know, I, I've said before with the Apollo Cruise thing. If yeah, if the wrestlers are deciding this, then I'm. I'm great with it. If they're not, then God help us all. <laughs> yeah, then very It'd weird. It'd be very weird. Uh, number nine. If you guys, the Hall of Fame is this week. If you could take three guys out of the WWE Hall of Fame and fuck it, put one person in, who would they be? Robert? Uh, the three out, and this was tough to only come up with three because there's a lot, but uh, I think Tori Wilson, number one, 
far and away. It's it, it made no sense for her to go in. She didn't have a particularly memorable career. She wasn't a great wrestler. She wasn't a great on camera person. She didn't get over as a mainstream star. It felt like this was covering up some kind of sexual harassment. Uh, number two. <laughs> Great Kali is the is the stopper when any time someone argues like, why is my favorite not in the Hall of Fame? It's like, relax. They put in the great Kali, um, who is a terrible wrestler. I get that he was an ambassador to India, but who gives a shit? Uh, and- India. OK, the five trillion people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I India. mean, Scott's yeah. got a point here. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and, number, and number three is is Tony Atlas, uh, partially because I had to cut his video package for the Hall of Fame. And it was hard to find more than the same three moves of a dude who really wasn't over. <laughs> and the only reason anybody remembers him is that one special where he's making spam in his kitchen. And it's just like, this is really depressing. And now he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, if there's someone that I would need, to, I would want to see put in, Honestly, as much as I don't like this person, uh, I think he belongs in there as Kevin Dunn. I think that they need when they acknowledge that there's the behind the scenes people that need to get put in there. Dunn should have been the very first one. And it should be the Kevin Dunn Award going forward for uh, talented employees at the WWE. It, that's crazy, dude. What is this? This sounds like like uh, like honor roll stuff or something. We don't give out awards for these guys. The 2021 guy they let in for the Warrior Award was a guy who works. You're supposed WWE. to be mature enough to know that this stuff is stupid. You're Robert. Robert, do you? Right? They don't have the drive to be famous. They're not crazy people who need that type of. Robert, do you stories of that guy? Who is that guy, and what has he done there? I have I have no idea who this guy is. He did like government relations and stuff. I never <laughs> once. I never met him. I've never, I never even think I ever heard his name the entire time I was there. And, but that's because if you were anything with creative, you didn't really interact with anybody else. It's like, I, I didn't know any of the people in finance or, or I mean, HR, but really you're in your own little bubble. You don't know who most of the other company is. Scott. Well, what's the uh, question? Three oh, out, okay. Yes, in. yes, 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 yes. Oh, dude, easy. Kid Rock's got to go. I don't even remember what he did. I just remember his legs flailing. <laughs> Kid, Kid Rock, Donald Trump can go, and Drew Carey's in there, which is insane to me. Who would you put in? Uh, Jim Johnston. Oh, that's a great. That's Music a great. Lot. You may have just changed my uh, pick. Mike? Um, I'm going to go. Molly didn't do that much. You already said, Tori. I'll go Molly of just like. She was good, but it just she didn't do a lot, and she didn't do much for the company. Even I, I, I get why they they're doing it, but it's just like they kind of have to live with their own bullshit. <laughs> I think for a while, um, I'm gonna go. James Dudley was in the second class. He was a Vince Senior's limo driver, and. So he was in there in the 90s. Are you kidding me? If was- anybody deserves to be in, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, oh Jesus God. Christ, the shit he's fucking seen. Holy I, shit. I he deserves with, a goddamn Pulitzer Prize. Nobel I, I, Prize. All the, com- all the cum and blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I, where I, where I, do you I, think they came up with the idea of naked Midian, Mike? <laughs> I agree with you to a point, which is that there's probably like 50 more that should also be there. Like whoever had to hang up the painting of Vince shirtless should be there. So uh, Bruce, <laughs> whoever oh. has to uh, hang out, wh- whoever had to fulfill his duties as a husband with Linda. Again, Bruce. So yeah, basically it's the Pritchard Award. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, this is specific, but Barry Windham should not be in there for the Horsemen. It should be Oli. I know that Oli was a dick. Uh, I know that he's called Linda very terrible things when they met. Um, but he doesn't he have to be kid, right? He called he called her the c word when they met. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Wait, why did he do that? He doesn't know how to say hello, Scott. <laughs> okay, but so, to be fair, Mike, he also is- said no when they talked to him. He's like he didn't want anything to do with it. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that they were punishing him. They're, they'll gladly take his name and likeness. But yeah. no, he was like, like no. calling my wife a cunt. That makes you a baby face, pal. And just only in the sense that he was a horseman. And if you're going to induct the horseman, it should be that version. Um, and then I would say, uh, yeah, I got to go. I got to go with Drew Carey um, because he did the one thing and that was it. And then person I would put in, you guys all had great answers. I'm going to go fucking Cindy Lauper. Really deserves yes. it. I don't think yeah, that there's anyone uh, besides Andy Kaufman that's not in celebrity-wise, but she's alive. She did so much for that company. When we were talking about Hogan and Vincent, who made WWF, she, her name has to be in the conversation. And the- That sounds like beef, though, right? That sounds like she saw too much. <laughs> that sounds like Vince doesn't like the message behind the song True Colors. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like she saw where they made Lou Albano sleep. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that even if she's not there or accepts over Zoom or whatever, they gave it to Shatner. He did one thing with Bret Hart or whatever. Cindy totally deserves it. All right, I'm gonna he was go promoting with... Tech War, damn it. He deserved that. <laughs> the, the, the three I'm going to take out are Nikolai Volkov, Coco Beware, and Brutus. And I'm going to put Vader in because uh, he hasn't been in yet. He's one of the best big men ever, and he wanted to get in before he died. It's really sad that he didn't. Uh, I also forgot to tell you guys, for next week's Grimmicks, we're going to do, uh, you know, the you know, there's there's always the question, you know, Beatles or the Rolling Stones, right? Tupac, <laughs> Tupac or the Notorious Big. Well, next week, Man Mountain Notorious Rock or Mantar. Big. God damn it. What? Notorious Big. Oh, B.I.G. Sorry, big. sorry, sorry, B.I.G. Starring Tom <laughs> You know, man, you, you, you take the reins. Uh, anyway. Um, it, it's just Dan wishing he was a rapper to Zoltar. Oh, the notorious big! Also, like, this is recurring theme, though. Every week we make fun of Dan, and he turns into, like, our dad's like, I will turn this podcast around right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we'll in go ho- back to Ed Leslieville, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in honor of uh, the 90s new generation Shawn Michaels roast that we're going to have, it's going to be Man Mountain Rock or Mantar, which Grimmick. Which gimmick, which gimmick was the worst? Uh, and I'll be looking forward to that next week. Number 10, and we, we try to end uh, every podcast on a positive note. It's time for our markout moment of the week. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Osprey saying God is dead after winning the New Japan title. I thought that was that was really uh, that was really amazing. I'm interested now, too, because, I, I you know, are we going to see that Ibushi Kenny Omega match? And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm going to I'm going to talk about it um, th- for Patreon. But the Walter Tommaso Ciampa match is 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 a, is a blast. And the uh, Bria Otami stardom. I have only seen if somebody could send me the full match. I've only seen clips, but man, it is. It, I mean, I, I know it's a stardom match, but it feels like a G1, you know, like like one of the last like hard hitting matches. It's it's fantastic. Uh 
Robert, what was your Mark at moment of the week? Mine came from all elite wrestling dynamite when uh, Tony Schiavone was standing out there to bring out Sting. And he says, this never gets old. And the complete lack of sincerity with which he said this was vintage. I hate this Tony Schiavone. And that made me very, very happy. Mike. Um, I'm going to go. I got to go with uh, the Walter Champa. I saw it. I mean, you know, I, I'm the least of the four of us to get engrossed in a actual wrestling match. Everything I love about wrestling is mostly not the wrestling itself. It's all the weirdness and the history. But this match sucked me in and made me a fan and uh, phenomenal work from both these guys. Scotty. Okay, yes, Walter Ciampa was was awesome, and I did love that uh, a whole lot. But, dude, Will Ospreay winning the title is my markout moment of the week, especially because I didn't want Abushi to lose it. But then it happened, and Will cut the promo, and I said, "Yeah, that's it. That's the guy." And then he, you know, he did an awesome press conference after, and they set up two awesome matches. And New Japan is gonna be good at least through. Yeah, I mean, they needed to make a change cool. because you know, I, I mean, not not that this is at all Abushi's fault, but they haven't been. No, and also he hurt his foot. They haven't been drawing great, and you know, obviously that's that has so much more to do with with COVID, especially because like that's a country that takes its health a lot more seriously than us. So they're not going to just like squeeze into a fucking bus, you know, to go, go see a wrestling show. Like we will. Um, But Uh, Osprey Osprey Shingo, which is a a match that was announced the next day uh, for the title sold out in like 24 hours. So, Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. Snack. Would you have a different mark at moment of the week than any of us? Uh, I was really happy to see a lot more people in the NXT crowd. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. So, that. Oh, wait till Mania then, dude. Oh, oh, special shout out, mark out moment of the week. Uh, It would have to be um, QT's continued meltdown because I I think it's with friend of the show Andrew Goldstein. They they had a Twitter uh, beef. Uh, Andrew's uh, producer, Dark Side of the Room. It wasn't. It was a squash match. Yeah, it was a squash match. It was, but it was pretty hilarious, man. It it popped me. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, Andrew called out that he was reading from a prompter, and then he was like, "Fuck you," or whatever. Oh, no, he's to my school, and I'll beat the shit out of I'll, you. <laughs> no, I'll beat the fuck out of you, you piece of shit. It was oh, even more yeah. aggressive. Yeah. And then, and then, what was Andrew's response? Let me know uh, what promo classes. <laughs> uh, I popped oh, for good. that, man. That was, oh, you know, he, he was on a roast to Goldberg. That guy's oh, really funny. Friend of the show, fun. Andrew Goldstein. Shout out, Andrew Goldstein. Friend of the show, insulting another friend of the show. <laughs> Dude, the QT gimmick works now, right? You Do you see the how it works in the sense that even when it fucks up, you can – you can go, this is part of it. It's so cool. It's so fun. Uh, let's get to, let's get to pl- first off, a- everyone who's a new listener who actually, uh, as I try to like thank the audience, Mike's uh, dog attacks his wife in the background. Um, I, uh, I, I want to thank everybody uh, new who's come to the show. I want to thank Conrad and ad free shows and you know, everybody on air, you know, there'd be Dave or, you know, whoever um, I want to thank um all things comedy, uh, Al and, and Brenton and uh, everybody over there, they, they help make our lives a lot easier. 
Um, I will be live tweeting from the Wrestle Roasts account on Monday for the for the for the Raw after WrestleMania. I'm going to be doing the Wrestle Inc. podcast that night, but I'm going to be uh, tweeting um, live tweeting the podcast. We have a Twitter. Follow us. We have an Instagram. Follow that. Uh, we have a Patreon episode where we're going to be covering NXT Stand and Lever, and we're going to be roasting New Jack. So it may be our last roast ever if we ever if we ever survive it. Please. If you like the show, tell your friends about it, spread the word, post about it, rate us, subscribe us, you know, uh, subscribe to us, subscribe us. <laughs> I sound like fucking Jack Lemon at the end of Glen Gary going Ross. I have uh, in my things like they say I only have 10 <laughs> seconds. I love you, Cheryl, the kid from my heart. Uh, you can also get my uh, live dates on Dan St. Germain. Dot net. I'm going to be doing Laugh It Up in Poughkeepsie in June. And before that, I'm going to be doing this gig in Iowa one night or there. Uh, Robert, what you got, buddy? Uh, first of all, thank you to the Iron Sheik for talking about our podcast. Holy sh- yes. I'm excited Sheik. to uh, mark watch out moment. rip. Uh, yeah, rip Hogan. That, that is actually the ultimate mark out moment of the week is the Iron Sheik uh, so giving cool. us the rub. That was that was great. Um, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WW Creative underscore ISH. Look, WrestleMania is my Christmas for that account. It is my favorite two days of the year, live tweeting those shows. And uh, my, my DMs are open if there's any suggestions that you guys want to see for the podcast. Uh, since I'll be sitting there for two nights in a row, ignoring my family, talking about wrestling. So uh, feel free to join me on that. And uh, give that Dan Soder kid a listen. I think he's got a, a future. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. Uh, Mike? Um, yeah, I think maybe I'll, I'll do some live tweeting from our account this weekend. Uh, oh, nice. It is a lot easier to watch when you can talk about it to somebody, Amen. anybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And thanks to everyone. Like, this this has slowly been growing. Um, it's This show is so fun to do for us. You supporting the Patreon makes it easier to do for us. <laughs> So please yeah. do if you can. And um, yeah, and, and thank you to Dave Meltzer for making us soon the number one wrestling podcast. <laughs> yeah, guys, stop listening to both Meltzer and Rosenberg. Just listen to us, you know? Like, <laughs> everybody is feuding. Don't listen to him. Just listen to us, Scott. Uh, yes, uh, enjoy WrestleMania. Message me about it if you want to. We'll talk about it. This, uh, this plugs is just Scott us, us like desperately wanting friends. Yeah, even, yeah, <laughs> we're all and, like, and, oh, tweet at us if we're tweeting. Uh. And, and let me just I'm say, like, come over, have some pizza <laughs> with me. And let me just say, our our WrestleMania review will be on next week's show. So that's when you'll hear. Yes, next week yes. we're going to be doing Raw after WrestleMania. We're going to be doing WrestleMania. We're going to be doing the roast of Shawn Michaels. We're going to be doing Man Mountain Rock versus Mantar. We're going to be doing NXT versus AEW. We're going to be doing the Kuwaiti interview, oh, Undertaker, uh, Vader. It almost completely goes off the rails and eh, maybe a few other fun things. And and one of us may be recording from divorce court after (laughs) 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 of watching eight hours of people fighting near a pirate ship. (laughs) It doesn't really. Yeah, man. The pirate ship thing is the hardest, the hardest part about this. Let your wife come in and think what wrestling is for eight more hours. (laughs) You go, I told you I like the Goonies. Shut up. You knew that you knew this. <laughs> Dude, Mama, Mama Fratelli would have been a great fucking manager. Well, I don't know. Seth, Seth Rollins and her have the same voice. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something about you That's my uh, baby, Ruth. <laughs> guys, we're going to be doing better at talking over ourselves, too. Zach, final plug of the show. Wash your hands, especially if you're at WrestleMania. Wash your hands if you're in Tampa, folks. We'll see you, uh, patrons. We'll see you Monday, and uh, new listeners. Hopefully, we'll see you. We'll see you next Friday. Have a good one.